Hello. Welcome, there it is. Agents. <laughs> there he is. What? Some magic going on here. Welcome, agents, to Strain 77-SAS of the Zero Point Report, the number one broadcast all about the news surrounding the Seeker World IP. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023, and I am Ocho, one of the hosts for this evening. With me tonight, we have Two-Ton Waffle. Morning. Morning, sir. We have Jimmy the Rabbit. Hi. Hey, Jimmy. We have Brandon Verhalen. Greetings from my blank screen. Nice. We have Ross Watson. Hello. Ross, I'm so glad you could join us. And we have <laughs> Joshua Deach, Scribnomancer. Hiya, Chuck. We have quite, quite the crew joining us on today's show. Welcome, welcome all. We are joined by Star Anvil Studios founder and CEO, Brandon Verhalen, Star Anvil Studios CEO, Ross Watson, and Star Anvil Studios Secret World RPG lore master, Joshua Deach. How is everybody doing this fine, fine evening? Good. Now that we're all here, fantastic. <laughs> yes, gang's all here. It's all good. We had a little bit of a uh, snafu trying to get all the tech working, but by magic, we suddenly do have all the tech working. I didn't think Ross was going to join us. We thought Ross was just going to be like he was sacrificing himself for the good of the for the good <laughs> of the crew here. Volunteered his tribute. <laughs> yeah, and and suddenly he's here. This is amazing. This is amazing. So welcome. Welcome, everybody. Yes, this is a show that we do, we, we try to do every couple of weeks, all about the news surrounding the secret world. Now let's just get into it. So you guys are here to basically talk about Star Anvil Studios, the secret world tabletop RPG, and your upcoming backer kit launch. And yeah, we're here to talk all about that. So how about we go about and have you guys introduce yourself? First and foremost. Yes. Who's going first? How about Brandon? I, Brandon. Let's how about because I how spoke about first? Hi, yeah, I'm Brandon. Go. There, I've introduced myself, everything about me. So, a number of years ago, I started Stramble Studios and was searching for an opportunity to get a game out there that might get our name out there a little bit more. And I stumbled upon a game I used to play and said, I wonder if they'd say yes and sent an email. And here we are. And I've been, I played games for 20 plus years, but uh, the company has existed for about five and that's, there's not much else to tell. There's probably a lot of gory details, but that's the basics. Nice. Okay. Okay. And how about you, Ross? Tell us a little bit about hey, everybody. I managed to escape the black signal to join <laughs> this show tonight. It was not easy. I've been a game designer for about 20 years. You've may know me from games like Torque Eternity, all the Warhammer 40k role-playing game lines, Star Wars Edge of the Empire, a bunch of Savage World stuff, and now I'm helping to create a bunch of great stuff for Star Anvil Studios, including the Secret World RPG. Oh, amazing. Amazing. If you can't tell, we're all just big fans of Secret World here. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't just totally obvious. And Fuck. the one, the only... Joshua Deach, Scrivenomancer. Do you want to introduce yourself? 
Hey, I'm Joshua Deach, sometimes known as Scrivenomancer. And uh, yeah, I've worked in the games industry since like 2009. Got my start with Funcom, originally on Age of Conan, eventually on The Secret World. And I've, in the years between, I've worked freelance. I've most recently worked for Amazon Game Studios. I am now to put it nicely, uh, freely searching for work again as of last <laughs> yeah. year. But, but uh, yeah. as, as abrupt as that was, I've to be fair, I've survived a lot of mass layoffs in, in, in video games, which have lots of mass layoffs. And this one finally nipped me. But if you're not, I've got a good buffer of time to figure things out. A nice, a nice oh, little severance package. And I've got a bunch of leads I'm following right now. So it will all be good on to bigger and better things, including the Secret World tabletop game, which combines something I, I worked on in the video games with perhaps my true love, which is tabletop games, where I serve as the, uh, the sort of the lore master. I've written a little bit of it, but then I've also just looked over the things that the, the writers have written and to the best of my ability, it's a vast bit of lore, but uh, yeah, I put in a little, he steers little commentary. The ships, but we don't hit the rocks. Exactly. Right, right. Okay. Okay. I'll well, say yes. Uh, rocks yes. in place though. I'll say yes. Sorry. It's really sorry to hear about, about you and Amazon game studios there, Scriv, but glad to hear that you got a nice little buffer of time in order to figure things out. We know how deeply talented you are, so we hope you all the best in trying to find something else. I can't imagine someone out there is like, there has to be, there has to be someone as talented as you are. But yeah, glad to have you, glad to have all of you on the show tonight. And yeah, we're going to be talking about specifically this backer kit. Now, we had a couple, we had one question come up, basically in that, what really is backer kit? Can you explain what Backer Kit is and how it basically pertains to the Secret World Tabletop RPG? That's a question uh, for Brandon. It, it, <laughs> I was just waiting to see who was going to take it. So Backer <laughs> Kit is after the the main crowdfunding is over. For those who missed the crowdfunding to get the information out to make sure we're getting the items to those that were part of the crowdfunding. It's basically management that allows us to take care of those who backed us in the crowdfunding originally and add a few more people until we cut off for the final date to push the book out. Okay, so it's right. just a way that, oh, I missed the Kickstarter. I didn't know about it, which I got a lot of messages about. I'm like, I've yeah. been talking about it for a year. And people are like, I didn't know this was out there. It's amazing how people don't how people don't know, no matter how hard you try. It's just the nature of the beast. And so this lets a few more people catch what they might have missed. And for example, because of the way we set things up, we did let the my brain's going blank the covers the, the awesome collector's, edition. collector's edition there you go yeah my brain went blank so the collector's covers are still available which many people requested i wasn't sure if we we're gonna do that we still consider this part of the crowdfunding so we're gonna let that go in here those won't be available on drive through rpg after backer kit closes okay yeah, so backer it's like a second chance for people who want to get in on all the goodness that the kickstarter offered or things they didn't have money for when the Kickstarter would end. Oh, I wanted that, but I knew I wouldn't have the money when it closed. So they didn't back because they couldn't, et cetera. Okay. So the backer kit itself is also only going to be up for basically a limited time, you said. Yeah, it'll be probably, a, we'll run it till we're very close to closing out the for delivery. That exact date will be, we'll give notice and we know how close we are to pushing out the book. Yeah, TBD, okay. but we'll have a, we will have an end date. Okay, so it's ba it's basically is like a, a reiterate like a, a second kicks 
start or no it's basically a way for other people to get in that just it could it's additional crowdfunding and management of the crowdfunding you already did yes all right good good and say waffle did you see that i said some of these some of the books that are going to be the covers to some of these books because you mentioned the collector's editions that's right and in your latest update now those are our show notes (laughs) yeah there you go so we got the map pack, the covers to the map pack. All right. The Stoneward Bound Adventure, which is the, as you said, the, the eight-page adventure that is now included as part of the the extra rewards. What do they call those? That's right. Those are the stretch goals. Stretch goals. Stretch goals. Yeah. Yes. The Bestiary. That's fantastic. All right. Got the Revenant on the monster deck. Best creature ever. Gotta love a Revenant. Power deck. Some people may recognize yeah. the art there because we thought we'd save some money. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks a little familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good to see uh, some familiar faces, too. Yeah. Yeah. The pre gens, just the standard, the 5e cover, the art of the secret world with our Revy buddy. And then the collector's edition covers for Dragon Illuminati. And whoever those guys are. Yeah. <laughs> the best the map, faction the, ever. The maps are also themed to the factions. So yeah. that map pack is not just standard maps. There are maps that are themed to the individual groups. Okay, yeah. Because they're the, the maps are basically of the faction headquarters. In the different the three newer locations we're adding to expand the game's geography. Nice. That's the theme we're so, going to go with as we go forward. As we add, if we are able to continue making books, which I believe we will be, we want to keep expanding more of the world so that you know it's in the video game. If you want all that, it's in the video game. We want to add more places for you to go, more creatures for you to encounter. This first book is really just us establishing the groundwork that Funcom approves that we can then build going forward on. That was going to be one of my one of my questions is, are you already planning any supplements for the future? Orochi... The swarm, non bees. I saw a lot of people asking about playing non bee characters, or like more one shot adventures, time travel, etc., etc., etc. We're definitely planning more stuff. Yes. we've got a lot of great ideas that we would like to explore. We are just trying to get the core book through to Funcom for approvals, and then we can get started in earnest on what's coming next. And we'll get it. We'll probably come here to tell you guys all about it when we have that nailed down. Okay. All right. Let's just say Mm -hmm. I want to explore. I have a lot of things I want to do. I'm not going to list them all out. I have talked to them a little bit in the past, but I'll say the next thing I want to do is really explore North America as like an additional thing to start there and do it in chunks of the world. That's a goal. But specifics we'll get to when we're, I don't want to make Ross pull his hair out because he and I both have very little of that left. But yeah, we definitely have several books we want to do. Yes. I think we can say that our main resource here was actually Josh where we said to him, like, hey, what would you like to see more of that you never got to talk about? And he gave us a lot of really great starting points that are going to be really exciting, I think, to get into. So now Josh has been, has worked on Secret World itself. Josh has written for Secret World. He's written for that. So I guess the question can then come up as what this question came up as in Invacol on Twitter asks, they said, can you elaborate on how 
it will expand on existing the lore and the timeline and how that works. <laughs> I'd love no. to get into that in detail, but <laughs> we need to make sure Funcom is absolutely 100% on board with with that stuff before we get into full detail. But we have got some some surprises. I think Josh could probably talk a little bit about some of the thinking behind what we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, I can't nail down things, I guess, too much until we're sure uh, Obviously. Uh, Funcom's good with it. But yeah, any tabletop property is its own kind of separate thing from the other property because because players are going to take plots in all kinds of different directions themselves. But yeah, we've jumped the time forward, but in a weird way, and I'll leave it vague at that, but with lots of little, I wanted to make sure certain key places players could still interact with and the writers, the other writers have taken, taken that and run with it. And the one, one location that would have been particularly like, oh, I don't know if I like this or that, that turned out really good. I think the way they've advanced those characters and what's changed since then, but still allows you to go visit. And I'm being really vague just because I don't know how close to the line I can get, but uh, that's fine. Stay away, someone, Stay away right. from the line. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who, who, who loves uh, certain characters and locations, I really like the ability to revisit some of them, but I really like the way that they've evolved since then. And of course, it being a tabletop game, you can pick up these books and play right where the MMO starts if you want. You can play out those scenarios. Right, totally right. cool. We're giving you an updated timeline if you're like, okay, but what next? My we goal. are including a lot of the monsters from the original, from the game. Yeah, yes. So if you have stats, you could say, I want to run this scenario. Most of the monsters are going to be there. You know yeah. the stories. You can play. If you want to play what exists, you're not going to be stopped from it. We just didn't want to try and start from an area that already exists and try and force you to be in that story and play it exactly as it happened. That's not very player-friendly. But Yeah. One of our goals was to forgive fans of the Secret World, uh, even if they don't play the RPG, kind of a big coffee table book that really dives deep into the lore, talks about what it means to be a bee, what was the buzzing like, because the RPG brings you down into a very intimate experience with the IP, that probably more so than you'd get out of the MMO even, and... I think we've explored a lot of the elements of the IP in a way that is maybe a little more personal to people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's my understanding that generally what is on the tabletop is not necessarily considered like canon, obviously, because it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's how you wanted make to make sure. Funcom wanted to make it clear that in the front of the book that it is based on the secret world because they don't want to be beholden to anything should they decide to go another way and say this is now quote-unquote canon. Of course, right. they can use whatever they want from it if they ever ever right. do anything with the game later. They have It's their world. Anything that we write in this game, they can use in any way they want. That's part of the deal, but right. that's... They're just not beholden yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. This right. is why Josh's involvement was really important. If, we needed to get him on board. And if you want to think of it in a really meta way, instead of just properties and what is canon and what isn't, if you want to think of it in a multiverse way, this is just another twist in Agartha's time and space bending branches where there's an area right, that yeah. like it, but there's things that have changed. Everything is true, including this <laughs> RPG. <laughs> that's right. But that's exactly uh, what they want you to think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it being a tabletop game, you can really run with everything is true because you can, besides what we actually put in the book, hopefully you see enough examples that you can take that and go, oh, okay, I love this cryptid that's never been mentioned. I've thrown in my secret world version of it here. Or you see a location and you're like, okay, I see how a secret world location is built. My hometown, what's the secret world version of that? 
and build on it from there. Say, so what's the line? Like, but which of the lies are true? That's the fun part. All the lies are true. All the lies. But yes. Oh, sure. I guess going back for earlier, as Foxfire, the kit is only for actual items like covers and not for some of the higher tier rewards, correct? Oh, yes. That's the question is what will be included in the, in the backer kit? Yeah. Any of the non-limited tiers. So we had well, some tiers that were limited to just six people or 12 people. And those are not in, you can't get in on that anymore because that's a, that, that limit has been hit. I but believe the, the stretch uh, goals are not included in the backer kit, except for okay. those that backed originally. I believe there you I go. have to double check. Pretty sure that's yeah. stretch goals were only for backers, I believe, unless it was done. It's give us a stretch goal. We added something to the main book. It would obviously be included, but if it was additional stretch goals, those things I don't believe are part of the. Maybe I misunderstood the question. I thought he was asking about the higher tier rewards, which is like the. Oh the yeah, yeah creates your own character those things are were limited and they're not in the backer kit so you're not just going to suddenly just make a character for everybody or may draw everybody's character or something to be no but when it comes to the yeah. books and the books themselves yeah that's yeah. all the actual products you can get for sure yeah on backer right kit. okay we had someone ask on Discord, see Cleaton, Cle- I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. Will there be a live RP demo, like a one-hour scenario run? We really should. I, let's put that under, we'd really like to do that and see if that happens. Is that, yeah, that was my question for you a couple of times, Brandon, was I was like, because I, I kept pushing you to be like, hey, yeah. can we run like a sample encounter or something? Hey, like, like that'd be sort of, that'd be cool. But it's like a... To give people like a taste, like a real taste of it. And that's what this question I think is really coming into is like a live session to show people what the game is all about and what it is. Open to the idea. It's just a matter of until Funcom approves everything we've done, we can't do anything because we'd be breaking our agreement. So once we get to that point, ask me again and I'll say, let me see what I can do. (laughs) Because the answer would be, I would love to make it happen. No, yeah, maybe. I would love to do it here. I would love to volunteer Josh to run it, but we'll see how that works oh out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my, one of my dreams right there. The dark one um, will oversee your adventure. I understand that I understand that Josh knows a thing or two about DMing, so who knows? I've done that. I've done it on streams, and I will do it again. Do you hear me, society? <laughs> <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. Is that a threat, sir? Yeah. Yes. Uh, of a good time. <laughs> That's right. No, we were, we were talking about, basically, you guys are the tabletop experts. We are the, the secret world game experts. And Joshua spreads, straddles that, not spreads, it's a terrible term, <laughs> straddles that line. <laughs> we'll get back to that word early. Is he stra- Wait, what am I doing on this live stream that we're talking about? <laughs> You're straddling it. You're straddling it's the line. so supple. He has but a foot between in like, world, the, the like, game like a colossus and... rising I'm above a, it. I'm out of work, so I'm desperate, but not that desperate. Yeah, maybe not that desperate. So yeah, but you guys are the experts on the tabletop RPG aspects, and and we're we're more of game, so we know all the lore and the and we love the game and the gameplay and all of that combined. But there are five games all wrapped in the Secret World universe: Secret World Legends, Hide and Shriek, The Park, and Moons of Madness. Have you played? Any Secret World Legends and or any of the others to help you better understand the project so far? 
I personally played Secret World and then played Secret World Legends, and then it's been a while because I just don't like the interface anymore for me personally. I'm colorblind. There's issues I have seen things in there. Dark games and things that tend to be very frustrating for me over time. And I'm not as smart as my wife, so I can't figure all the puzzles out without help and cheats. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the I've, puzzles I've, are just nasty. They're nasty puzzles. I've definitely played the game, and to, and honestly, I just I've always loved the drog, and that part of the game is just the atmosphere. So it, it's just if only for that section alone, I would have wanted to do the secret world. If okay. only that alone inspired me, I would have wanted to do the secret world. And then there's everything else. So that's me. So Vomer says in chat, there's nothing wrong with using a guide or to get through it for a really tough puzzle. <laughs> Vomer basically runs TSWDB.com, which is basically secret world informational resource to help you get through all those puzzles. Respect. Which is amazing. But that's in right. a, what's really great about it is that it has click to show hints and then a final click to show solution. So you can... Yes. You can not just ruin a puzzle. You can be like, I'm just super stuck. I don't want to know the answer. Someone please point me in the direction. And I just a, need a it's hint. great for that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, the puzzles are ex- exceptionally tricky. Some of the trickiest out there. And yeah, no, we, I, we get that. How about, how about Ross? How about, uh, have you tried? So I'm probably the guy with the least experience with the Secret World games here. I kind of bring my side, which is the tabletop, into the picture. But Josh and Brennan have done a really good job of getting me interested and excited about the setting and the lore and all of the great stories that go on in it. I'm a fan. I just haven't really played much of the games. Okay. Okay. And I, I don't know if this question is even really applicable to Scriv. <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah, I've played all of those. I've played, I've written, actually, I've written on and Consider played, you've uh, written most of them, yeah. I, hide and Shriek, which doesn't have a ton of writing, but uh, the little journal entries. But I found it all. Descriptions. I found it all. Yep. I bought the game twice to play myself to go find all the sheets. <laughs> I like my... That features, I, I believe, diary entries from teenage Kirsten yeah. Gary from the 90s. Teenage Kirsten Gary with a switchblade. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty nice. Uh, pretty nice. Uh, All the little, laughing little micro stuff. stories in the spell descriptions. Yeah. And then I wrote on Moons of Madness, actually. And I have played Moons of Madness. Yes, I have Moons of Madness. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. But, it, but it's been a while since I've played the game proper. I should probably fix that. What kinds of challenges have you guys had in translating the MMO into the RPG? That's a good question. <laughs> I think there's, there is no direct one-to-one between an MMO game and a tabletop game. They're just different experiences. Right. Um, we have tried, one of the biggest challenges was adapting for the mechanics of a character so that it felt like you were playing the kind of class and abilities that you get in the MO. And one of the things that pushed us actually was the idea that you can respect your character pretty handily in the secret world, which we adopted into an approach using the 5e rule set where you have your base class, but you have a number of subclasses that you can switch between on the fly. That gives you that same sense. Not exactly, obviously, it's not one-to-one, but it gives you a similar feeling of flexibility that you would get when playing the MMO. And I think that the biggest challenge is dealing with death, i.e. you don't <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, um, yeah. we had some fun with that too, yeah. So that's one that 
we I'm you're gonna have to wait to see in the book a little bit more, but there is death is about choices and it affects you. Yes, you're gonna come back, but there are choices. And okay. consequences. and consequences. <laughs> yeah. That was gonna be um, one of my questions is yes, yeah, how is death gonna be handled, especially in comparison to something like D D where it's there's resurrection spells and there's some it's all basically up to the DMs themselves how they really want to handle that. But yeah, Secret would... World is very handles death very in a different way. I would definitely encourage the GM not to hold back and kill the players as often as possible. You mean the there players? Um, yes, player not the players themselves, because that is bad. <laughs> I understand. I always say right. the for some reason. I might need some medical help. But <laughs> right. I really we're don't not, want. We're to... not advocating murder. No, well, character yeah. murder, not player. You don't really want what I when I say that is sometimes as a GM you'll hold back because you don't want your players to die because depending on the game you're playing how it's set up you actually death and now actually is more interesting if it happens regularly you don't want to force it but it's good for driving the story if you let it happen okay so that's the next way like how is okay how is character progression necessarily handled is it going to be this kind of the oh basically you mentioned i'm like got five questions in my head right now but you mentioned how to make it feel more actiony or to make it feel like it's more you're playing the character like you would be playing in the game itself does five edition really help with that and what do you think you would say to all those who are insisting on other systems? Because I see that a lot in your Discord and whatnot about, oh, mm-hmm. I want to use the tiny D6, or I want to use this system, or I want to use that system. So I will let Ross fully yep. answer this one, but I'll give you my opinions because I'm going to have to leave pretty soon tonight. And everyone, first of all, has a system they like best. So that's you're never going to be able to get everyone to be happy. If we let it open to everyone's choice, we'd have 20 systems, and we would still have people bringing up another system. But 5e, we chose it, it was really, honestly, it was a choice to reach the most people so we could guarantee to be funded so we could bring this game to life. Does I mean, that it make it sense. the best system or the worst system? No, it has its strengths and it has its weaknesses. It is not necessarily easier to learn, but more people already know it, so they don't have to learn the game and the lore. They can pick it up and play. So as far as, they'll, they, if you've played 5e before, you'll know how to play a character in this game. Sure, you can switch your powers, but you still know how to play the game. You're going to advance by leveling. That's Some people don't like that at all. Some people love it. I've had people say they love 5e. Some people say they hate 5e. Again, preference and choice, I understand. And the last thing I'll say about it is what Ross said when we try to translate the mechanics. He says trying to copy it over from, one, from the video game, therein lies madness. So there's right. no exact way to translate that. We had to give a feeling... And you get, use your imagination a bit to make it work on any system we would use. Ross, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think if people are looking for another system besides 5e, keep watching this space because we do have plans to expand outward to at least some other, at least one other system and maybe more. Demand is part of that. So if you guys really want it, let us know. And the more people that back the Kickstarter, the more people that get into the backer kit, that's a good indication that there's a big audience out there that we can serve with different approaches. Okay. That's really nice to hear that to give, well, options, options, in my opinion, are always better, but options also cost 
a lot more money and time to make. So I also understand that too. But that's good to hear. That's that this that's definitely on the table. Yeah, um, definitely. Fofire, Fofire is asking: Did you hold any ideas back when you pitched it to Funcom, or what's the most outlandish notions you had when coming up with <laughs> new locations and such, like <laughs> secret world in space? <laughs> Uh, uh, well, hold, holding ideas back brandon's probably a good one to talk about that i don't hold ideas back i ross has to slow me down i always have ideas that's the problem <laughs> no i as far as locations i just wanted to pick things that sounded like the, i thought france would be more interesting let's explore paris what about horror in paris what about india that doesn't really get touched much in a lot of RPGs, and I thought that would be interesting to explain. I wanted to really expand the world. Like this is a worldwide game, so that is there. As far as ideas, I did get a couple of good calls with Funcom. Got to sit down, and they let me in and see the little secret files, whatever they have. Josh obviously sees it far more than I do, but they did have a pretty good discussion. And there's a lot of options, but at the same time, we really have to watch the lore where they know where the story was supposed to go. Okay. They have a beginning, middle, end to their story, and we have to stay in those bounds. So I don't know that there's some weird... Okay, the last idea I did throw at them is what if ever, and this is going to make Ross shoot me for saying it, I would love to have the option to do what was the secret world like in the Third Age? Okay, yeah. Now, will that ever happen? We've got a lot of books ahead of us in this thing first, so we'll see. <laughs> but the concept of, yeah. Something like, that is, we... is possible that you guys can look at in the future. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's a big think... maybe, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a big yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say our first priority was making sure we satisfy the expectations of hardcore fans about the secret world first, and then look at the more outlandish stuff that we could maybe get to later on. Maybe, certainly, but the most important thing was getting it right for what the secret world is and the expectations of a secret world fan. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would love to go back to the different ages themselves, but simultaneously. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's an entirely well, different yeah. world. Entirely different. You guy. never know. The Agartha gates and Agartha roads can lead to some strange places. So who knows? If the Kickstarter had done a couple million dollars, we could be doing more. There's only like discussion. Yeah. Totally, totally different, different discussion. There's get on that people support that backer kit. <laughs> there's Ross. Um, there's I, there's Josh, there's Daryl. Great Fortune, writers. I agree with you on that one. I agree with Dame fortune. That would be cool. That, yeah. Oh, like a prison um, break, a prison break episode. Yep. That'd yeah, be, that would be pretty sweet. Look at Josh. I mean, this also just mm -hmm. the whole aspect of tabletop itself is that even if you guys don't necessarily create it, it doesn't mean that anyone else couldn't yeah. take the framework Absolutely. that you guys are creating. Exactly. And also it too. Yeah, if your passion is Secret World of Space, buy the book and run it. <laughs> yeah. The setting has so much broad poss and weird possibilities and any video game no matter how sandboxy and expansive can only do so many things this really allows you to go off the mm -hmm. rails it allows you to focus just on little things if you want to play a game that is the office set in a illuminati base and you never even <laughs> touch the agents who go on missions and just want to cover that drama you can do that you can cover things like what is the is a bee and is an agent what is your what is your family life like if anything stuff that you can't really 
you can role play. We've all, a lot of us have role played our characters in these kind of expanded versions of what's going on in their worlds, but isn't in the actual MMO itself. Or a crazy Secret world, the office. Keeps, a crazy person just keeps <laughs> eating bees because they're trying to become a bee. I would watch I a show that was all about you. We, we talked, Josh, you and I think you, you mentioned one thing that was wild and out there, but like the idea of a Garthonauts, like some kind of oh, like people in the suits, they right, don't like get bees. their suits and like jump into the Stargate, but it's an Agarthanoth mm. thing and they're going across the gates and the roads. That would be wild. Right. That would be fun. Yeah, because bees obviously can do it, but you got to figure, obviously, Orochi will just throw science experiments in, until something yeah, of course. sticks. Yeah, so like, throw bodies uh, at it until it works. Entities like that or some government or whatever going, hey, we got to get in on this place and resource. We got so, yeah, to fill up the concrete. If you want to play like a Call of Cthulhu style, throw the player characters into the grinder, you could have a lot of fun doing something where like, yeah, you're just normal humans. You got this tech and <laughs> you're being tossed in. Make five characters, but yeah, we're going to toss in. <laughs> Is that how the two Blagini got on that one road in Agartha? Is it was just Orochi throwing them through a gate and seeing what happens? Anyway. I don't recall. <laughs> They, no, that see, they, that doesn't make sense. Why you? They're already in a Gartha. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying. Clear, they were clearly murdered by Orochi. Yeah. Anyway, D and D has levels. Fifth edition has levels, and when you level up, you get. How is character progression going to be handled? And say, just as an aside, will we have wings or are or even beyond? as far as not just a, necessarily a character, but as like a, us becoming more inhuman sort of stuff be included? Let me answer that as my last question before I leave. Okay. The wings and the progression. I think I can say from the way I talked to Funcom, I don't think we're going to be able to address that at least in this book. Okay. Um, okay. And because I don't know where they're drawing the line on story as far as that goes. So I think the answer is you won't know that in this book. And as far as leveling progression, you're going level one to 20. It's We didn't try and redo the entire concept of D&D. We used the 5e rules and made changes where we felt it was necessary to get the feel for the game as best we could within the framework of those rules. Okay. So, yeah, still sticking to the general progression and rules. and Okay. Generally right. speaking. And uh, I have got to go, guys. But if you're here a lot later, maybe I'll be back. <laughs> okay. Thank right. you for joining us, Brandon. Much appreciated. Brandon Verhalen. Let's give you uh, uh, on my notes here. Yay. Yes, Brandon Verhalen, Star Anvil Woo! Studios founder and CEO, <laughs> Secret World RPG art director, RPG enthusiast for over 30 years, lifelong fan of all things sci-fi and fantasy. Brandon, thank you for coming on the show with us tonight. Always a pleasure to talk to you and hopefully the chance to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. Good night, guys. Yeah, have a good night. Okay, this question I have comes from... Let me just find it in my notes. There it is, from Refim. I says, to Scrivenomancer, hypothetically, how many copies of the game book would someone need to buy to not be your enemy? Nice. <laughs> That's highly specific. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, it's a question for Scriv. Hey. Yeah. 13. 13. 13. Enough, enough to make a decent ritual circle. <laughs> That's how to not be your enemy. Everyone else, sorry. You're on the list. That's excellent. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, this one could be interesting. For <laughs> Refum says, fair. It's fair. 
there was a while back there was this whole kerfuffle with how wizards of the coast was handling the rights and the ownership of anything related to dungeons and dragons but have since because there was a big sorry because there was a big pushback (laughs) it was quite the kerfuffle because there was a big pushback against that they've since seemed to walk it back but how did that necessarily affect the development of the secret world tabletop rpg sort of being using fifth edition dungeons and dragons but also secret world basically being something a product owned by two different ips essentially how are you planning on handling the changes if wizards of the coast didn't walk it back yeah i can answer that question we had the mechanics done by that point when that happened so it didn't affect the development of the rules per se but what it did is it caused us all to look for some plan b's and plan c's because it wouldn't have been good for us to open Funcom up to all the craziness that was in those early drafts okay uh, yeah watsi's watsi's uh, agreement and we definitely were started exploring this this is the first time we were like hey there are other game systems out there maybe we should start thinking about this <laughs> and it, yeah at that point is when we were like yeah let's definitely put a pin in other game systems and start exploring that option later on now fortunately the as you say they they completely retreated from their original on that and it is no longer an issue at all to create a fifth edition product for the secret world which we're very grateful for because it would have been extremely awkward (laughs) now what with if that went through do you still have it as a backup just in case to say hey we want to use another rule set as like an addition of two to 5e yeah that's like we we had discussions me and brandon did and star anvil and other publishers about if we had to change horses midstream what would we change to and those discussions led to some interesting places as far as like the other systems that we'd like to explore but fortunately like i said we didn't actually have to do that but it did it, there were a lot of there were some skype calls involved yeah <laughs> okay you're like what's pathfinder up to these days yeah it's just <laughs> okay yeah so that's it's, yeah it, i'm personally also glad that they were like whoa okay let's just walk this back a little bit here maybe we were a little too forward in what we were trying to do but yeah so i'm glad they walked it back too because that would have just been shenanigans that just would have been nonsense that's basically to be fair that's basically all the questions i necessarily had prepared (laughs) i'm surprised we got through all of them is there anything that you basically can is there anything that you basically can i don't know Give us a little first taste of or <laughs> a behind the scenes look at, at what this could possibly look like before the backer kit opens up. Uh, there's, I don't know. know. Yeah, this is a really yeah. open question. I don't know. It, it's, <laughs> I can tell you like some of the stuff that I think we're very proud of. I'm very proud that Josh, when he read it, he was like, this is pretty great. I'm really proud of the fact that we did some deep dives into like what it means to be a bee. What does the buzzing feel like outside of just like getting messages? What is that like in your life? I'm proud of the way that we put a lot of game master guidance in the book about how to use the real world as inspiration and use real world, it's going to sound weird, but real world cryptids and things like that as places to get ideas for adventures and places to get ideas for conspiracies, for things to challenge your characters. I think we did a good job of addressing the 
question of, okay, now I have this book, what do I do with it? Okay. Back, let's, let me ask Josh, because he read that section too. What do you think? Wait, I'm sorry, which section? The Game Master section. Oh, Game Master. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was, yeah, I thought there was some good advice on, on, on how to run the different tensions in the game. There's a quick and easy way that's given and how missions should be given out and why characters from different factions would participate with each other. You can just run with that without having to worry about too much more, but it also gives you some leeway to add in the tensions of characters in a party or cabal all work for different factions and those factions want slightly different goals. How does that, how do you ratchet up that tension? And I like early on, I told them that, yeah, you probably, as Ross said earlier, like trying to completely emulate the MMO that way lies madness, especially when you're using an established system. Right. So there were right. Th- like in the game there, you have the two weapon system, but that's not really a lore conceit. That's a systems conceit. And you don't necessarily, have to do that exactly the same way the lore of it is you have these individuals who are charged with anima and that anima can be put into a weapon it can be put into a magical discipline and it empowers you you'll get further with magic than someone who hasn't been in charge with anima you'll fight in superhuman ways with a sword that someone even an expert with a sword who doesn't have that and we took that and ran with it and yeah i think the classes and the way that i like the changeable respecking you can do with the sort of subclass system that they have in there, how that works. I think it'll be a lot of fun. There was one thing we left on the cutting room floor that I really liked and I wanted to do more with. Who knows, maybe we'll get it in the book at some point, but it was an idea that Josh had that I was like, oh, that's just too cool. And I like built a whole subclass around it, which was the idea of a cryptomorph. It's a guy who can shape change into things or like parts of his body into things that are related to various different cryptids okay okay i thought that was like a really cool idea it was just like you can channel the the anima through your body to turn into what was that (laughs) something loud just drove by my house that was the illuminati someone does not want us speaking more about the crypto (laughs) we're getting too much truth out there that's right bomber will be happy about that imagine turning into a filth bird or a... <laughs> now i do have another question that could for people who make their own custom setting within the uh, game setting here would there be Pleasure. a way that the community can share those particular settings and scenarios that's a good question there's licensing issues to get tied up in that kind yeah. of thing but we do i will say we have a brand new website for starville studios which is StarVillStudios.com, which includes a forum. And if you have a great idea, you just can't wait to tell other Secret World RPG fans about, specifically the RPG, come to our forum and talk about it. I'm sure we'd love to have people discuss whatever they want to do with this book and, you know, share ideas. But as far as like a DM's Guild-like approach, I think that's probably out of bounds given the licensing agreement. Okay, so basically something not officially sanctioned yeah yeah we there's no way we could do that yeah but something unofficially sanctioned in like a forum sure yeah come share your idea talk about it to your friends or other enthusiasts okay yeah no i guess i forgot to to put that in point but yes you have a new website staranvilstudios.com where not only you show off the stuff for secret world but also saints and sinners and knights arcanum that's right yeah, we have more game settings we're working on besides just a secret world, but yeah. 
And also, it's, if you use an RSS feed to get your news from, it works through RSS as well, which I'm very appreciative of. Just we had a really talented time. web guy put it together for us. Yeah, <laughs> Nice. So yeah, so I've been keeping up with, with that as well. I got a question. There is a lot of inclusion of a lot of Secret World Legends lore. Obviously, it's going to be a part of the tabletop RPG. And are you hoping that it basically will help point people, or are you seeing where it might help point people towards Secret World Legends itself, like the game, and also create like a feedback as far as like, well, if people in the, the tabletop get see the RPG, that'll make or that'll make the MO, that'll make the MMO maybe more popular. The MMO becomes a little more popular, that can make the tabletop RPG more popular. In a rising tide raises all ships sort of scenario. So yeah. are you hoping that your product basically will help push people towards the art as towards the MMO, essentially? I think feedback loops like that are great and they work great when with the kind of combination of tabletop and video games, because you might really get into your tabletop game, but man, next session isn't for two weeks. Oh, but I can go log on to this game. And I personally love especially like D games that have a decent character generator. Me and my friends love to go make our parties that we've played on tabletop and see the video game version of those characters as best as we can get them. But yeah. So hopefully one feeds into the other. Yeah, I guess a transmedia synergy is, I believe, the, yeah. the buzz term for it. That sounds, that sounds very buzzy. <laughs> yeah, God, we're going to leverage right? leverage the paradigm. Yes. <laughs> As if you push the one, the other one can push the other, and everything gets better. Because we, we want to see, from our perspective, we basically want to see it all succeed. We want to see the game become become bigger and become more popular. And we want to see your product become bigger and more popular as well. And so we have this basically this want to just see it be as big as it possibly can be. Let's make Secret World The Office. Let's make that the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> that, they were that talking about a, all those years ago. That could be a lovely streaming game. That's right. Yeah. So they far, it says, it's happening. Uh, it's happening. I do that everywhere too. I have my D and D party in four games so far. Yo, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is something I feel like I missed this, but one of the Kickstarter reward goals, as far as the stretch goals, you had increased page count of the book to two hundred and forty pages, which is hefty. That is a hefty book. Monster deck PDFs for everyone. Twenty percent more artwork. Ten more monsters a pre-gen pack PDF for everyone, eight-page intro adventure, faction HQ maps, 10-page bonus bestiary, and I missed this last one, but I was just checking the website today, and a Secret World RPG audio drama? That's right. It is being put together by a Secret World super fan and professional voice actor. It's going to be pretty cool. I was like, can I be a part of that somehow? <laughs> we, the My understanding is that the script has been submitted and approved by Funcom, so oh, wow. it's just a matter of time to get that get that out. Oh, that's cool. That's amazing. Who knows? Uh, if that sparks more interest, <laughs> I'd love to see more audio dramas for Secret World 2. So. Big no. audio theater. Yeah, I was like, why? how did I miss that? Out of all things to miss, an audio drama. How cool is that? Every Halloween, it comes around. One of the missions that comes around is the the broadcast, which has, which is basically all about old school audio dramas. And and if you've done the mission, we all have this little device 
that could basically play back all of the all the audio dramas of the game that they present, which is all public domain at this point. It's all public domain stuff. I doubt they were shilling out for that. But just a super cool, yeah, just a super cool thing. And I'm not quite sure how that passed me by. Because I said, again, I saw that today and I was like, wait, audio drama? Wait, <laughs> what? So my the story behind that is my friend Charlie Spicer is just, he loves the secret world. Like he adores it. And he was the one who said, hey, if you guys want, I could make this audio drama. So we, we floated the idea to Funcom and they were like, yeah, sure. We sent them the the bullet points for the concept and then we sent him the script and uh, charlie it's not done yet but i am sure it's he's gonna knock it out of the park i'm really excited to, amazing to see what that's gonna be like amazing i can't wait i can't wait to hear that now i'm like out of all news i'm like that's i can't wait for that one itself let's see are there any other questions that we have do you guys have any is there any points you wanted to extra to bring up or if anyone in our chat also has any questions they want to have heard. Have your voices heard. Speak up. I'm shocked. I thought I had enough questions here to last. Or forever hold your peace. <laughs> but yeah, we could open this up to anyone in our chat if they've, if you got any questions as well. Deeply personal questions. Go. That's right. Unfortunately, I do have to <laughs> head out, but it has been a great show. Thank you for having me on. Oh, Thank you okay. On of course. Of Brandon. I'm sure if Josh can stick around for for some of the questions, but I do have to go, unfortunately. But it's been a pleasure, you guys. Thanks so much for, for bringing us on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, dealing with the tech issues. Yeah. Uh, yes. void. <laughs> Ross Watson, CO, Secret World RPG lead developer, Origins award-winning writer and game designer, over two decades of experience in crafting immersive stories. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Ross. It's been a pleasure. And yes, thankfully you made it through the all the tech issues. Yeah, the black signal couldn't catch me this time. <laughs> it tried though. It tried hard. <laughs> See you guys around. Bye. Have a good, uh, have a good night. <laughs> have a good night. So what do we have here? What is your favorite squeezable food? <laughs> and go. Any food squeezable if you're brave enough. True. <laughs> Let's go with let's go with pizza. I just want a nice handful of pizza. <laughs> Squeezable pizza. Fingers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very specific <laughs> visual of that because when my kid was little, he liked to eat pizza, but he also liked to play in the rain, and he would do them together. He's <laughs> <laughs> like outside playing in the rain and drops his pizza in a puddle. And then just picks it up and literally has a squeezable fist full of pizza and just keeps eating it. It's raining that, pizza. That's my answer now. A fistful of puddle pizza. <laughs> Beautiful. It'll be the title of my autobiography. A fistful <laughs> of puddle, puddle pizza, pizza. The Joshua Deach story. Fofire does ask, are there any sections that give tips or suggestions as to how to run sessions? I feel like this is up your alley too because you are a tabletop expert here. Well, I, Background music or things like that? I believe there's a little bit of that. I've done a run through of most of the text to kind of go with lore glasses on, but I, I think there was, I love those kinds of sections. So I have I a playlist was, of the broadcast radio shows. Oh, like from the broadcast. Oh, nice. All those old-timey radio shows that are like public oh, domain. I have like a YouTube yeah. playlist, playlist of those. Those are pretty good for background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love, yeah, in general, I'm a big fan of of GM tips. Yeah. 
playlists or do this to establish mood. I could do a whole, I could do a whole podcast. I was saying, you, yeah, you could have your, you could have your table be, yeah, as elaborate as you want it to be. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, putting together a good playlist, the music from the game itself, a great start. I uh, walk into empties, pretty good. I walk into empties, good. Just any of your favorite kind of scores from a particular supernatural or conspiracy <laughs> themed movies or shows. Scores are great in general. If you just want some lyricless music in the background, there is, oh man, there's a YouTube channel. I think it's called Cryo Chamber, I want to say. And it is all just these weird, dark uh, food playlists that go on forever. And they've got a, they've got a ton of them. In fact, and then they have a live channel that you can click on that just it works like a radio station. They just play a bunch of their stuff all night. And the graphic for it makes it look like you're on a dystopian train in, in some weird future while it's playing. Oh, it's like a lo-fi girl type of yeah. thing. It's, yeah, it's and it's very, it's a lot of mood and ambient stuff. Some of it sounds like futuristic technological. Some of it sounds very dark fantasy, arcane kind of stuff. <laughs> now we got a couple of questions rolling in here. Bobber says, who's your favorite of the following who aren't currently trapped in Kaiden Station? Alex McCall, Mei Ling, Rose White, or Zuberi? Oh, uh... Now it's not time to argue. <laughs> that's a tough call i as a huge fan of john constantine his sort of stand in the secret world alex is a favorite of mine but um, get to the platform i would i probably have to say i'd lean towards alex but i've seen would... him eat a taco in the <laughs> intro he's, he's got that going for him he's got tacos you've seen some weird supernatural stuff you need to you need to Self-care is important, and tacos are important. <laughs> tacos are one of the ultimate. Like, Look, yeah, everything is coming down. It's Tuesday. It's taco time. One of the, one of the, the ultimate comfort be... foods is a taco. Especially a squeezed handful of tacos. A squeezed taco. Someone says, or Mel Adams says, I didn't think I had a question, but I do. If strong and silent isn't Saeed's type, what is... <laughs> That's an excellent question, because I love Saeed. He's my answer for that other question, even though he wasn't an option. Saeed, right. <laughs> he's someone I want to put into some tabletop sessions. Oh my gosh, yeah. Who doesn't he's, love he's Saeed? He's an NPC I love. What is his type? Ah, I think Saeed, I think Saeed's a sampler. I think over time, yeah, he's a pendulum that swings every which way. I think that's very fair. Yeah, especially when you've been around for what, hundreds of years. After millennia, years. yeah. Yeah. You got time. I uh, just had a thought in the tabletop RG, your B can finally speak. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. The... Part of the whole thing of tabletop no, RPG no, no, characters no. is we, that they we, communicate. We, we should put that in a session as a little... where no one's allowed to talk, just the DM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just NPC theater, just all monologuing. Uh, yeah yeah uh, no that should be on the book is like a like now with talking pcs <laughs> there you go <laughs> that should actually be a, yeah it should be a scenario when no one's allowed to talk except for the gm <laughs> see how whenever you go to get the main mission giver it's, you can't say anything sorry just you're allowed to start to say something but the, D, right. the gm always has to cut you off <laughs> yeah not much of a talker eh <laughs> oh fantastic always good having you on scriv Thank you. I don't, th I don't think I say it enough. You're fantastic. We love you. Uh, always happy to be on. So just push other stuff. Yeah, Joshua Allen Deach, and I still hope, I, every time I say your last name, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. 
No, you you're saying it but right. No and worries if not. I am so used to alternate <laughs> pronunciations. It doesn't strike a chord. But from your website, joshuadish.com, you are a sentient word virus spreading across a collective unconscious through the vector of human language. It has taken on many forms, from short stories to screenplays to tabletop role-playing games. It spreads through print, digital, and audio mediums. It coalesced as the novel Strangeness in the Proportion and shaped itself into an anthropomorphic guise as lead writer of The Secret World. I just wanted to just point that out. It all might be true. Oh, I remember something from before the stream. I wanted to let you know that when the buzzing is translated through about like 15 different language translations and back in English. It it's probably gets some, better. It sometimes is still about the same. That's interesting. Like, not the same words, but like somehow the vibe sometimes persists. Uh, that makes sense. I need to check this out. Yeah, yeah. I need to check this out because that's an excellent thing to do. Because yeah, I just finished a playthrough where all the text in the game was ran through tra translators. It's like everything. From the lore to the menus to <laughs> And yeah, yeah. There was a couple of spots where the translators I think got stuck on a loop. There was a I could imagine uh, as someone who writes often really stylized weird things, I've that's something I've run into working in video games is working with translators a lot, going, What is how do we So why the is, buzzing especially <laughs> Yeah, the buzzing yeah. especially must be like there was a, a nightmare to translate. One of the Agartha lores, it, it's like a paragraph long and it should be like a sentence. And it's just like <laughs> the inconsistency of the incongruency of the inconsistent inconsistencies of the inconsistent. And I was like, uh, I, I think it. something got stuck. <laughs> I think sometimes the buzzing should sound like that. That's right. Yeah. Like I said that the mission turner reports were sometimes pretty bizarre. We have a new... We have a new, we now say five above instead of high five in my channel because the person <laughs> high five got five above. five above. Five above. Uh, like but it. yeah, a lot of other stuff was particularly weird, but a lot of the buzzing stayed at the very least interestingly readable. That's interesting. The buzzing is persistent. It, it yes. It's, it's hard to keep a good buzzing down. That, that's a good question though pertaining back to the tabletop RPG is how is the buzzing, at least as far as in the manuals and whatnot, okay, again, GMs can do whatever they want, but how is the buzzing necessarily going to be shown as an entity in the tabletop? It's, it's a way, it's definitely a way for the GM to nudge players, to give them cryptic messages, to give a hint. If you want to try and be like, if they're floundering to find something, you can give a cryptic hint. It's also a way to give this feeling that Gaia, whatever she actually is, taking some interest with, still offering a separation. And this was something in drafts I had to make sure came across because sometimes it came across too much. This character has the hard line to Gaia and knows to do And I'm like, no, she needs to be, she's mysterious. She's out there, but she's very mysterious. Yeah. You think in the same way that D&D presents like their, I don't know, pantheon of gods and deities necessarily? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly the ones that are more aloof or have more go-betweens. There could be a whole section on like how to voice the buzzing. It is, it is a weird. Tip of, if they would like a tip from the buzzing, then you get a voice modulator and a taser and you tase them while giving them the tip. <laughs> that, would be, that would be pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. sessions a lot more interesting.
If, and if that seems too daunting to do something as weird sounding as the buzzing, always remember as a GM tools at your table is narration itself. Players too actually should remember this. Just because say you're playing a bard in a game doesn't mean you have to give a soliloquy. You could narrate the fact that you just gave a soliloquy. Or you, you don't have I to sing, write, right. Yeah. You could uh, say, I'm gonna sing. sing. Yeah, I'm gonna sing a scathing song that rhymes words with honey and jackass. And uh, you leave it in there. You've just painted the picture in someone's head without actually having to come up with a song on the spot. GMs too. You could be like, there's a weird buzzing voice in your head and your nose bleeds and you get these images and you have this vague idea that, et cetera, et cetera, without having to necessarily break into buzzing speak. But hey, if you great too. And you can write some ahead of time. It is as weird as it is, is formulaic. There's a formula to the buzzing. It's just, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a pattern of it that you can plug in if you go and look up buzzing lore bits. I was going to say, I wrecked my brain a little bit in the way that I just finished watching, or I just f- finished fully Critical Role season or campaign two. And it was fantastic. I thought it was amazing. But yeah, no, that's not necessarily realistic for anyone's real. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I'm sure that happens where you might, someone comes to a table and why isn't it this way? But it's a good life lesson to learn. We all have to learn to enjoy doing things, even though there are people doing excellent things. That's, yep. it's a gift. It's not a detractor. And yeah, there are lots of ways to play. And that style of high voice acting is not necessarily the way it has to be or has to be all the time. You might have moments where it clicks and that happens, but you can just like in, just like in prose stories, some writers will be right in the nitty gritty of the dialogue to the point where maybe there isn't much else like Chuck Palahniuk he has whole chapters that are just all dialogue without description and you infer the descriptions from the dialogue and then there's others like lovecraft barely goes into dialogue things are just narrated from a higher point and that is totally viable when you're not quite sure or if you're just tired one night and you're like yeah i do i do this thing and i do it menacingly <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just not doing it this time that's fine yeah yeah you do I, not I do have it to be you just deadpan i do this with a lot of vigor yeah no you have no idea like the enjoyment i'm having right now fofire thank you so much for this episode this was an absolute blast i gotta head out have a good night fofire thank you for your questions by the way much appreciated oh yes and saeed sex cult does need to be a thing all welcome his little item that shouldn't exist (laughs) goddamn temporal anomaly yep that's one of my favorite parts, I have to say, in, like, in the whole minute. game is right. He stole that from me, but he gave it to me. He gave it to me, and he's, he's eh, one of you will get it. Oh, not that, that's, yes, that, that happened. Oh, that. About the, oh, yes, the, I think it shouldn't exist. He gives you the little item that's, because you're, because you read the directions, it helps to hold an item of the correct time period or something to, like, help you focus and get to the right time. And then in the cinematic back then, the young version of Saeed steals it from you. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. If he got it by stealing it from me and he gave it to me and stole it from me, where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) It literally keeps existing. That's part of the one was like, people are like, oh, that's a plot hole. And you're like, listen, no, that's on purpose. That's That's supposed to be weird. That's not a plot hole. Although I will say the idea. So if you follow the line that you're supposed to hold an item that gets you to the time period, then that item must be from that time period. Or you just have shot off somewhere else. So the item... Had to have been definition of how or the at time least tied, tied to that time period. Needs to be tied to that time period. But 
how <laughs> yeah no it, it's one of those it's one of those fun things where it's I, no it, maybe there's a lot of magic <laughs> it's that's supposed to be i always took that as the writers were like no that that's supposed to be basically like a break in time it's supposed oh, yeah. to basically be a default point yeah it's supposed to not make sense it felt too obvious it didn't make sense it, that was supposed to not make sense I must unfortunately leave you in just a few minutes. Okay. Okay. I, I must go. I say like, thank you again for joining us, Joshua Deach. I already read your <laughs> little descriptor there. Oh, my life. Um, <laughs> Secret World RPG lore master. And I'd like, again, I'd like to thank our personal friend. Thank you for coming Absolutely. on the show. We're, tra- we're trying to think you. of how many times you've been on the show so far. And we're like, five? Six? Not is enough. The answer is yeah. always not enough. We're not good at numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> numbers, what's that? We got past the drummer count and then we lost track. But of course, thank you for joining us, Scriv. Much My appreciated. Pleasure. You are always welcome on the show whenever you want to come on. You're like, there's no news. Are you busy? I don't know. Um, we can answer weird lines of questioning. That's right, but of course, good luck with good luck with with everything going on, yeah, with Amazon and all that, all the post stuff there. Good luck with your family and your said your son. It's always a pleasure to hear about him because my son's now five years old and we're going through all that fun stuff. And so it's just, yep, yep, welcome, welcome to the club. It's <laughs> perhaps I'll be on again soon to announce whatever the next thing is work wise. Oh, that would be definitely. That would be amazing. No matter what it is, really. It doesn't have to really mm-hmm. deal with Secret World. It could be... I don't know. I was so excited when it was like, oh, you're working on Lord of the Rings. I was like, yes! I know. It's a heartbreak. Light, so light, cool. Complicated licensings are a bitch. Yeah. Oh. Let us know when you launch Vampire the Masquerade with feet, and we'll I, be there. <laughs> I would love to do more Vampire the Masquerade stuff, always. <laughs> but yes, I will bid you all a good night. All right. Have a good night, man. Again, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for chatting with us. Always a pleasure. Scrivdomancer. Big round of applause. pleasure. And as my son now says right before bedtime, mwah. Aw. Such a good kid. All right. That was good. I like that so far. That's very, a lot of good stuff that came out from the good folks over there at Star Anvil. So we hope, yeah, we hope all of you who came to chat enjoyed that as well. Having Brandon on and Ross on after Ross writes himself so that he couldn't be on the show. And then suddenly he was there. Yeah. Yeah. By on magic. The, on the third try, he rose again. Yes. Right. <laughs> and don't forget to buy 13 copies of the book. So you're not 13 copies. That is the number of copies him. where he will not be your enemy. O- official co-host is basically a co-host. It's true. Just when he can make it on. That's all. I don't like if any of anyone who was on the show in the past is ever. Hey, I always consider them like co-hosts to an extent. I don't think anyone really truly leaves. I don't know. Yeah, as long just as my, they just sit my, over there, like part of the crew, always a co-host. Just my train of thought is just if you're a part of the show, you're always part of the show. That's always how it's been. Might be a little weird with some people, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I have to reapply every week. It's, it's really, right. it's, it's honestly, it's consulting. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of, did you turn in your form? That's right. Oh. Did you for, fill in your your nine sixty form for the show? No, I forgot. Uh, every week, yes, we make everyone do it. <laughs> it's the only fair way, really. Yeah, when is it though? references i'll be back for the next episode then okay <laughs> all right it'll be weird i promise up front. <laughs> sure if i'm not horribly sick my gosh i here's the thing is i know we, we were like oh let's switch to a let's switch to a new schedule and let's then, switch to a new schedule and, and we haven't followed it at all schedule. just completely i feel like they should have seen that coming <laughs> right yeah, yeah right <laughs> to some extent I, at Everyone that has point, been here for a while. We're still showing up. That's, yeah, that's if why you've been like, watching re- us for a while, you should know this by now. Yeah, that's right. I, I respect the guests that we had on, but they were like, we're going to be releasing this thing. Can we come on the show this Thursday? And I was like, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. Probably. <laughs> sure. Maybe. You know, Ballmer, if it happens, it happens. We, we didn't start on time we're tonight like, either. No, the first Thursday and the third Thursday. We of did the not month. start on time, Bomber. We were like thirty minutes late. <laughs> we were even still. <laughs> now, granted, that is on time for us because normally yeah. we'd be an hour late. So, yes, that was on time for us. But we, we were, tried, I, though. We, were, we made yeah, the we, biggest. We made the attempt to be to do the start. The well, everything was going like, on schedule. We're nine fifty yeah. or eight fifty nine, so ready to go. All of a sudden, Ross is not here yet. I can't get him in. <laughs> I can't get uh, him hold in. Hold on. <laughs> All right. How about we try this? No. All right. Now Brendan's gone. I, oh, I will it. say. <laughs> I, I I will say I was right. About what? No. You needed to turn it off and turn it on again. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. The way yeah. it worked once we all left and started a new one. Yep. So I always say that too. Is it's sometimes, yeah, it's a common meme to or a joke at this point to be like, why don't you turn it off and turn it back on again? But the thing that works. It's actually in the secret world. She yeah, says, it works. Have you tried so turning well. it off and on again? No. Shoot, shoot yourself. But also, turning it off <laughs> and turning it back on again could involve other complex methods like that. Like, it's not just, yeah, it's well, just I mean, a concept of restarting. That's not complex. That's literally just turning off the session. But right, it's just turning off the entire session and turning the session back on again, creating a new session. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Just call, um, up, call up your, your ISP and say, hey, I'm going to need you to reset everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm going to need everyone to turn it off. <laughs> Could you turn everybody off for just... <laughs> Can you have an engineer go to the hub? Should turn everybody back on. <laughs> the giant South Park modem. We're just gonna. Yeah. And it's got that that one big pool that you see in old scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> it sparks. What's up, Nick? But yes, yeah, we started on time for us. Oh, yeah, reset. Start the fifth age. There we go. Yep. Yeah, we were. Ooh. On like I said, on course to start oh, yeah. on nine o'clock ish. Nope. Yeah, because we were all in here eight forty or something. I, yeah. yeah, I jumped in. Yeah, like forty you minutes early. before that. I saw you guys in yeah. here, but I was trying to make margaritas. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. All the internet. Fifteen minutes. We need a break. Just shut it down. Shut it down. That, Get everybody to that's, think about their life for a few minutes and then just turn it back guys, on again. Fine. You guys should be old enough. Do you remember? I think it's only happened, I recall, maybe once, maybe twice, where like the East and West Coast got separated. Do you guys remember that event? 
I think I do. Yeah. Someone, and I think it was something really dumb, like someone it always was, is. Someone was like digging in their backyard or some shit, <laughs> and, like, and they fucking hit like a major internet trunk line, and it literally severed the West Coast from the East Coast. They hit the cable, yeah, like the primary cable. Yeah, and like legitimately, like if you were on the West Coast, you could not reach East Coast servers, and vice versa. Like those country got split in half. It's probably the guys. Is that a tree root? Yeah, screw it. Go ahead, just pound it through. <laughs> I want to say I read about something like that in Ireland, where there were like an entire town lost connection, but only for thirty minutes on like weekdays or something like that. And even then it was still sporadic and they were like, how do we figure this out? Why is this happening? And it turned out that like the cable that basically was almost basically supplying the entire town ran on the opposite side of the wall of some guy's like really ancient TV that he was turning on to watch like some program <laughs> at the same time. And that he, and they basically all like only watch that program and then turn it back off again. And then everyone's internet would pop back on. It was something like, <laughs> it was something like the TV was causing interference to the line. And that was enough to like scramble everybody's that internet for like a half hour. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, something like that. What? Yeah. The more you learn about the internet, the more you learn it's actually put together with... It's just duct tape. Two, yeah, toothpicks and duct tape. It, is. it really yeah. is. You, In fact, you don't want to know. Yeah, you, you really, really don't. don't. Yeah, know. you think it's as, as good as it is. It's not. It's... Yeah, it's yeah you think it's like this space-age material that or is magic to the regular people, but it's not. It's like... Just a bunch of two shit. Two strings. Like, it's two cans and a string. Boxes tied together. Like, you're like, mm -hmm. huh. And like the cross, well, like the cross Atlantic cables, we just put some big cables underwater. <laughs> put, yeah, yeah, giant cables just underwater. <laughs> just <laughs> it's, it's what like, could go oh, wrong? Yeah, that's probably fine. <laughs> Be like, does it work? Yeah, all right, sure. It's good. It's yeah, good for now. As long as the line doesn't get on top of like a volcano or a hot spot, yeah, it's, it's good. Spit in something that rhymes with spit. Hmm. The uh, tots and pears. Bit. For some reason, my mind went somewhere much worse. <laughs> That's why it took me a second. I had to filter through some things. Yes, right. <laughs> I was like, I know what he's trying to say. And yet, it went other bad places. But yeah. I'm trying to think of any other news we had. I'm having a lot of fun playing the game without any. Text. I was gonna say, Jimmy, yeah, you finished your one run of your one run, and now you've gone onto your and no I immediately, run. Immediately jumped into no birds. What no is? And I, I was watching you play it. Is no birds? Okay. So so what is all the shenanigans? The no birds shenanigans is first of all, the text in the game has been removed entirely. Okay. So there's no text anywhere. That means like no mission descriptions, no tier prompts. The computers don't have text. Yeah, I was watching you play it last night, and you got to the point of the you're doing the the giant pillars in off the top of my head. I'm forgetting the names of it, but it was the uh, the giant rune stones in. Oh yeah, uh, Blue Mountain Strangers. Blue Mountain, Strangers. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. right, it came up with yeah. You had to figure out like, oh, here's the riddle. Which didn't have right. any words. There's four answers. They're all blank. I wonder. Four which answers one it are is. all blank. Yeah. <laughs> which one is it? And it's oh, third one, second yeah, one. Let's take a stab at it. 
Yeah. As Sam said, most of the words, the mod is continuously being updated. When we find, when Fox is aware of something that has words that doesn't, he's been pretty good at giving me an updated mod that removes even more words. So the goal is no, no words. And then additionally, no entities. That's the part that, <laughs> at least as much as you can, right? Yeah, like it just removes mo the player model, the enemy models. And I have a, I actually have a toggle where I can toggle on partial models. That's how I get like the eyeballs and teeth floating in the air, which is just makes the animatics funny. Like I don't leave that on when I'm playing because it would show, it would make things more visible. But it's really funny for cinematics, so I toggle that on. So and like then, in last night, so you got to the point of Beaumont yeah, yeah. doing the all-father speech. And he looks, he look, it reminds me of one of the robots from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like yeah. just the way the eyes are like off like this and then the teeth in the bottom. Like, mm. Or some kind of weird Muppet. He's, he's just pointing into the sky. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. And then I have another toggle that actually will try and remove additional entities. Okay. Uh, mostly because Fox really wanted to mess with me. So that other toggle, the primary purpose, it does other things incidentally, but the primary purpose is to remove lasers and mines. Okay. So in the normal invisible setting, I can see lasers still. But if I hit that other button, I now can't see the lasers or mines on the ground, <laughs> which is really stupid and annoying. <laughs> I would say the hard part about this is also trying to find like, where are the quest givers or where is the thing on the ground that you have to click to i would say so far one of the single hardest thing overall is if you miss part of a tier the mission does not progress because you're not in the next tier yet and it can be really easy to not remember some small tiny step of a specific missions tier because when you're doing the mission you always see it it's like mm. the book and then do the other stuff. And no one remembers like clicking the book. You remember the other big events. Right, you remember fighting the thing. Yeah, doing the more active stuff. And But some of it is, oh, I have to click the map. I have to read the map on the wall and then go run out the door. And you're like, but if you don't read the map and you go run out the door and do a bunch of stuff, like the mission doesn't progress because <laughs> it's still stuck on the read the map here. That has happened to me so many times specifically the under the illuminati school because you open the door to boat to the vault and then you're supposed to run into beaumont and i ran in there and beaumont walks past disappears and there's no cinematic and i'm like what the actual shit what is happening i thought like the mod was had broke the game or something it mm -hmm. turns out like when you first walk into that place there's two enemies and there's a dead guy on the ground with a book and I guess I had never clicked the book, which is a tier. That's the first tier. And then you collect the items that you unlock the vault door with and run into Beaumont. But because I never clicked the book, none of the other shit matter. It didn't advance. That's like, the but, single biggest problem. I was like, but if there's anybody who has run through the game more times, I don't know who would they, who they would be than you. Yeah. So... I did you do, would I did. you would have the best thought of what to do and remembering just even by like muscle memory at this point. I I did do Helen Bach. Oh my with gosh. Okay. No crosshair. 
no yellow highlighting. <laughs> and the rug was invisible. So the rug why not? The first yeah. puzzle would roll back over. But I couldn't see it. I would just see the rooms because the rug's invisible. And then I'd be like, why is nothing working? Oh, fuck, the rug rolled back. And then to find the rug interaction prompt. And like then I see the shadow unroll or roll up. <laughs> the shadow of the rug I could see. But yeah, trying to figure out where to click was really difficult because you're trying to click all these different runes and not click the wrong one. And, right. And when you yeah, no crop because it's an entity, and, it's considered like a person or something. Yeah. But I will say the second Hellenbach puzzle I actually got first try. That was crazy. But uh, oh, and I also did Lava Game Champion Invisible. That was cool. Yeah. I did Lava I, Game. I saw, Champion. I saw your uh, your YouTube of that. Yeah. Most of the time, I actually had the extra invisible toggle on for that. So the thing that removes lasers and, tr and like mines just re removes a bunch of entities that have like a certain specific label. So running Lava Game Champion invisible is already a pain because you can't see your character. Like I'm in third person and literally can't see my guy. So you're, you get used to imagining where they are based mm -hmm. on like your progression. Like when you move and you run into something, you're like, okay, I feel like I'm about here. So I'm running and now I'm going to jump. But you can't see your guy. Like right now I've been running around with the lightning spread on because it looks funny. But I mean, that technically helps a little bit because you can see where you are. When I was doing Lava Game Champion, I literally could not see where my guy was. He's just completely invisible. But also, was it the lightning sprint also affects like the entire environment too. So you start removing items and stuff from around you anyway. Yeah. And you can see yeah, how it affects the background a lot more too. Yeah. Well, you can see that anyways. If you go in Blue Mountain with, with any of the lightning sprints, or I guess the blue one is some whatever reason is the worst. If you go, like, whenever I would do that layer, the Blue Mountain layer, I'd you go to the summoning spot and stand there with the lightning, and the whole fog area behind you just goes... Yeah. <laughs> starts raving out. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, oh, computer prompts. Computer prompts. And then in one of his last patches, he I used to be able to at least see what I was typing, and now he can't see what I'm typing. <laughs> so not only is there no... I, what he just so that it was not impossible, I believe what he did is the options all have a dot. So if there's one, two, three as like an Ooh. option that you're supposed to enter, there'll be a dot, two dots, and three dots or something like that. But there's nothing readable and there's no, and you can't read your text, which by the way, also includes when I'm typing in shit into the auction house search. Or even mm -hmm. when I log in the game and put in my username, I literally can't see what I'm typing. It goes hardcore. But yeah, like, it was because in, in the translated one, I was reading, like, every single text in the game just to see what it was translated to. And I was reading multiple mission turn reports for everyone because of the mission mod. Or the turn mission report mod. So I just... A, I thought it'd be a challenge to try and do stuff without text, and it is. Also, I, yeah, I didn't really anticipate the whole problem of like trying to buy shit on the auction house without knowing what anything costs or what it is. <laughs> That's weird. And all the enemies are invisible for the most part. I guess like, all that their their shadows are eyes. mostly there when they have shadows in the first place. That depends on time of day. I'm actually really looking forward to making it to Egypt because I think it'll be easier. It's pretty much always sunny in Egypt <laughs> and also Philadelphia. 
but in this case, sunny. It's sunny in Egypt. Uh, but uh, but I feel like it's Egypt true. will be a little bit easier because I'll, the, it is super bright and therefore the shadows are a lot sharper. So I think that'll make that a little bit easier. But, oh, uh, but just actually to put that on hold. Just for a second, while while we still have some, while we still have an audience here watching, just want to so, point out that yes, Vomers Love on Gaia writing contest is still going on until April twenty second. Wait, can I write an invisible story? <laughs> Submit a blank word document. Judges Thought say. Also... <laughs> Put that out there. But yes, the Love on Gaia writing contest still going on until April twenty second. Check out the forum post and submit story entries while you can for multiple different types, multiple different criteria. And yeah, still going, still going on. Yeah, Vomer, it'll have the words. You just won't be able to see them. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's invisible writing. The words are there. Trust us. <laughs> Trust us. Trust us. Just write a normal story while your monitor is turned off, then submit it and see what people think. I like it. <laughs> Just type it. Be like, blah, blah, blah. Just open a Google Doc, throw a sheet over your monitor, and just start typing away. You see what happens. They do say love is blind. True. <laughs> I like that. But uh, yeah, no, I, wa I wanted to get that out because before I forgot. Yeah, of course. That, that is something that is still going on. That is actually news. The big shoe. What are you trying to say? <laughs> are you trying to say being invisible isn't news? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> oh, I also did the E17 New York Raid Invisible. It totally. That is. was interesting. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. Uh, and I, figured, I, didn't I realize... figured that was just total muscle memory. Be like, and everything's going to be over here, and then go over here, and then go over here, and then. I didn't realize, though, it was going to break the mods that I used to help do callouts. And it did. So I had no idea of the lurker's health percentage or like when personal space was going to happen or okay. when final resort was going to happen. I was like, huh, shit, that's not working. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard you say at one point, you're like, can someone else call it out? <laughs> like when it, yeah, uh, I was when like, I happened. can't tell when, because so if you're not aware from running like E17 raid, mm -hmm. it's important to know when the boss is at a certain HP percentage, because that's when you know then certain next phase is going to start. And you need everyone to be prepared to move out of the way. So normally that's what I would be doing. I would be saying personal space soon, personal space now. And I'm like, I don't know when the fuck that is because it he still says 100% health for me. <laughs> that thing hasn't moved. I'd be like, are we fighting this guy? What's happening? Yeah. So yeah, that was entertaining. And then this week's raid, I made everyone Dave's Creed. That was pretty funny. So I managed to remove the invisible stuff, which took a little bit, actually. I got everything back to visible and working, and then uh, I made us all Dave Screed. So Screed finally got his <laughs> revenge on the lurker. I thought it was pretty pretty funny. I feel like you knew all along. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the invisible stuff because it's certainly challenging. You never really know when something's going to hit you or if you're hitting the thing back. <laughs> I saw you were fighting the Akab, or you were fighting some Akab, and it was like, yeah, their outline charge. That's an easy way. The to outline tell where they charge were. helps, but then they have—I don't know—they turn weird because 
if you go to the end of the outline chart and start punching, it works like one time, and then all of a sudden it doesn't, and I have to turn. So I, th I think when they do the end of their charge, they then must turn around or something, and not just turn around straight, but like maybe curve around, circle around or something, because they end up not being in that spot to punch. They come at you from a different angle or something. Also, I found as much as I like Domino, or I think it's called Pandemonium now, but like, as much as I like that AOE, like, knockdown stun, it tends to shove things, like, off to the side or behind me, and then I don't know where they are. <laughs> Do we want... Brennan is asking if he wants to come back. Sure. Come back on for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Why not? We're still here. But, uh, yeah. It's been pretty cool. I'm looking forward to getting getting to Egypt. Should be fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, which should be easier. There I think is. so. I definitely least, am learning. Maybe different challenges. I'm learning a lot more about the tiers. I'm learning a lot more about all the little tiers and learning to listen to audio dings for when tiers complete. That's a big thing ah, too. Okay. Yeah, you go. It goes ding. You're like, aha next tier what the hell's the next tier i don't remember but i'm on the next one welcome back hola thank you for having me back hey long time what did I miss? no see haven't seen you on the show what exciting things did they say uh, uh do you want to be do you want us to be yeah, honest the, what did i get on the hook for <laughs> uh, we were promised saeed sex cults we promised to do 20 mm -hmm. more books tomorrow right yeah, yeah saeed sex cults Scripts did um, promise buy 13, yeah. 13 books each. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a fistful of squishable pot or puddle pizza. That was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's gonna. That's supposed to be the why, name. Why am I hearing myself a second time? Are you in Discord and not muted or not deafened? You're not deafened in Discord. That's yeah, you're not deafened. Muted there. You're muted, but you're not deafened. No, I'm not in Discord at all. Fine. Oh, that could work I too. Love. We went off of our rails like we normally do. <laughs> I didn't know we had rails. <laughs> yeah. When, no, really, it's more like bumpers. But wait, there's rails. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a third rail. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> hearing myself. I deafened myself. I still. Are you still hearing yourself? Huh. I, don't I don't know. know. Uh, shit, indeed. But yeah. Your inner monologue is really loud. It's fine. It's happened. Do you have like a tab open? I've logged out of Discord now. And I still hear myself. Really? It's so weird. Do you still have the Oh, I, I figured know. it out. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I had the I had clicked the website to see if you guys were on. <laughs> ah. the, the, it was broadcasting to myself. There you go. I'm not I'll a tech it. guy. <laughs> it's all that good. Explains it. It's all good. But yes, welcome back. Now I can't hear myself now, at all. Now we're, just, weird. now we're just talking about what we normally talk about, which is shenanigans. <laughs> Me doing dumb shit in the game. I would say Jimmy Jimmy is currently doing a run through Secret World where he pretty much has everything invisible, and most characters are nothing but eyes and teeth. It is. There's no text at all. And no text whatsoever. But Jimmy is so basically. You thought, game, um, you thought the game was hard to play before, 
at least colors went, aren't a problem. Like being colorblind is not an issue because there's really nothing to differentiate. You just guess at what equipment and abilities you should put on. Should I put on this item or this item? Ah, it really doesn't matter. Whatever works. Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> I'll say, but Jimmy has run through the game countless times. I can't, I, could you even give yourself a number as how many times you've oh, actually God. run through? I think I'm averging over like 20 characters now. It's something. And like the meme runs are at least in, am I in double digits of meme runs finally or something? I'm not even sure. There's been so many. Deathless, Pacifist, Offhand Only, 1IP. I made it back. I don't know what's going on tonight. Shit, I don't... Okay. There's. It's a night of more. difficulties. <laughs> the troubles. Lots we of got through. dumb ways to play the game. Still having internet or issues? Or... No, I thought I was having a problem that I wasn't having because I didn't realize I left the broadcast on, so then I ah. clicked out everything. Basically, <laughs> I was just listening to you guys twice. That was my fault. <clears throat> ah, no worries. It happens. It's all good. I usually just ignore the voices in my head as well. The voices in my head are what write all my games. I was like, but Brandon, you were saying before how the short version was that your wife is actually a big Secret World player. Oh yeah, my wife plays the, played the heck out of the game multiple times. Hey, honey, how many level, how many characters do you have in the Secret World? They're like level fifty, just one or two. Three. Three. Sorry. I'm diamond. Two. I'm diamond. I think, she, I think she did one from each faction. I think, especially when she was, she. Illuminati. She loves the Illuminati though. Illuminati. Okay. I mean, hey, hold on. Good only choice. one. From, Good choice. Only one from each faction. She does take care of everything else in the household for me. Limited time, then, I suppose. Then you need to step up your game so she can play more characters. I need, I need everyone to buy an extra 20 copies of the book so I can only do this. Yep. We already established that in order to not be Scribs' mortal enemy, people need to buy 13 copies a person. <laughs> it's specifically 13 copies, I understand. That's what he said. To, not to make a proper summoning enemy. circle. Yeah. That might be something to that. Which, oddly enough, was it was the was him answering an actual question from the audience where they asked how many copies did they need to buy to not be his mortal enemy? <laughs> yeah, like you said, thirteen. I like that. Yeah, it's a good it's a good round figure. I, oh, Waffle I, has been turned into Sonic. That's also fun. If you start spinning a little ball and bouncing off the walls, though, that's a different thing. Sonic, the Templar faction leader. Oh, okay. I saw a guy zipping by the street. I said Sonic the Hedgehog. We've all been turned into one of the faction leaders. Oh, yeah, Ocho, sure, that can happen. Ocho's Kirsten. I'm Diamond. Let's see. I hip-hop dance as Diamond. That seems appropriate. That Sometimes means one, longer. Of the, one of the devs is in here playing with our characters. Oh, I can see it now. The screen's so small. Yeah. Waffle needs to zoom in already. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way she gets the size she needs. That's a whole other conversation I'll let you guys have to yourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, and periodically the devs like coming in and messing with us. I'm surprised they didn't mess with us a little earlier, but yeah, yeah so it goes. Cool. I had a great dev experience back in the Star Wars Galaxies days, if you guys probably don't remember that game. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I remember that, Jim. Yeah. 
There's actually the, still a popular, uh, I know there's right now, there's a pretty popular private server for yep. Star Wars Galaxies right now that even has like content that they actually started including like they started making new content for the game itself that didn't that wasn't in the original star wars galaxy isn't that the one where you could fly across a planet like in real time oh yeah it was it is i think it is still or likely still one of the largest mmos landmass wise to explore Tatooine took forever Mm -hmm. to run across back in the day and i won't talk too much about star wars in the secret world yep. that, but so, so back good. back in the day my brother it's okay my, <laughs> my friend my brother and my friend used to play that on my computer like when i was at work or something and i would always hear them talking about the red screwdriver and i was like what the hell is the red screwdriver in star wars galaxies and it turned out it was not in star wars galaxies they just had a red screwdriver they would set on the keyboard on the arrow key and then walk away so that it was flying across the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it was a I played little a, red screwdriver. <laughs> I played it in an all stormtrooper guild. We hunted Jedi back when if you died, you couldn't play one again. Oh. Um, oh we, we, we played oh, a character that. 100% of the time, which means we had the crappiest armor in the game because you had to earn your armor and it was less quality than what anyone else could get by making their armor. It took 30 of us to kill a Jedi, though, because the Jedis were that badass in the game. Oh, so yeah, I remember they they re- they made it like really hard to be a Jedi in the game itself. They made mm-hmm. it like because they wanted it to be this like yes. super special thing where all of a sudden, yeah, if a Jedi suddenly arrived in some combat situation or whatnot, that they would just roll face. We had they the devs had two different times. The devs had Darth Vader visit our our. Uh, it was called Alpha Company. There's still uh, videos up on it on YouTube of the group, but. Yeah, Darth Vader visited and all text chat. There was no voice typing and stuff. People complained, why do they get a Darth Vader visit? And we would take hours of our game session to show up for events that the devs asked us to in our uniforms and role play stormtroopers to fill in the events. So yeah, like, that's why. <laughs> a reward to us because we stood around for an Imperial wedding for four hours or something ridiculous, standing there in character and moving around to make it appropriate. We used to go through tattooing and go, Papers, please. Papers, please. <laughs> I'm not we the were... droid you're looking for. Yeah, the, we. It was just fun. It was a good time. So, role playing characters and stuff like that in video games. It, that was awesome. It goes back. Yeah, it goes back a lot yeah. a ways. Brings so, story and content to the game that wasn't there that we added to. It. That's what was fun. So I'm gonna create some familial drama here. Your wife says her favorite is Illuminati. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite faction? The best faction, the Templar. The best at oh. dying. <laughs> I just got the death glare. I just oh, got the best at dying. That's Arachi. Yeah. I so have plans for them in the future if we can get to it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I would love to get to a whole thing about them. I would love to make them a playable option in the future, but as all things. Orochi? We'll oh, yeah. So you can. Or even one of like. I'm sorry, so you have to have okay. rules where you can, where every time you die, you just play another one. It's like so, the evil twin. Oh. My, I love all the factions. I've played through every single faction, probably like a, I don't know, six, seven times or something. Genuinely look like them all. But my main character is a dragon. And I think after all these playthroughs, like I tend to recommend, at least if it doesn't offend your sensibilities or something. I tend to recommend Dragon only because 
Templar and Illuminati are known quantities. Yeah. Both outside of the game, right? Outside of Secret World, Templar and Illuminati right. are... Right. Templars have thing. a long history in real life, and Illuminati also have history. Right. And in the yeah. game, they both know about each other as well. They're, But neither of them know about the dragon, other than the dragon's, like, inscrutable. So right. really... Yeah. The only way to know anything about the dragon in Sega World is to play one. So I recommend playing all the factions through because you won't actually get a full scope of the game's information without playing each faction side. But personally, I'll just read the I'll just read the papers that Funcom gives me and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, there I used it on my last playthrough. There is a mod for the game that lets you read the mission tournament reports from every faction whenever you do a mission. So you can like tab through them. So you can because, play one character and get all. Yeah, you could play one. You wouldn't get all the cinematics or anything like that, but you would get all the mission tournament reports. You could be you would be able to read all three whenever you turn in a mission, and there is a lot. There's a lot of information they pack into those. And it's not the same for all the factions. And not just a little bit different, sometimes like vastly different. Completely different subjects or something. If you really want to know the full scope of the lore of the game, it's handy. True. Nice. Yeah. But you've also been playing with with many different mods lately. Yeah. I, um, um, I Listen, when you have 15,000 hours... In Secret World, you've got to do some things to spice up the relationship, okay? Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's now time to pull out the sounds, toys. Sounds like a marriage right there. <laughs> it's more yeah. than just a relationship, yeah. Uh, you got to spice things up a little bit. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've, I have done... Dude, I've played the game on bananas. I've played the game upside down. Like, I've played the game on a rubber chicken. I need, I gotta keep finding different things to do. So that's why you mentioned Star Wars Galaxies. I have dabbled a little in Star Wars Galaxies. I have not actually done that much. I have observed the red screwdriver effect. That is my extent of my knowledge. It was was just cool because of the world. The world, you could just do so much in it. Yeah, it's almost legendary for basically how much of a sandbox it was. Yeah. Bummer. But that's where my mix lie is that I have a experience in a lot of different MMOs. I play like right now I've got like seven MMOs I'm playing simultaneously. Not that's... mind you, but not that's... at some ridiculously high level, mind you. But I like Age of Conan because the building aspect, because you can build your own castles and explore. Unfortunately, it doesn't have much else to do. The dungeons after a while are either too hard if you don't have a giant group or too easy if you make mods that let you build then you become too powerful to play the dungeons it's a you either want to be a builder or a hunter and that's you gotta split the difference are you, yeah i was just say are you talking about uh, age of conan or conan exiles conan exiles sorry conan exiles okay. oh say. yep yeah yeah it's all conan whatever conan, <laughs> exiles, conan exiles really i did play that for a while i would still probably go back to it at, at some point but my biggest problem was accidentally, accidentally dodge rolling backwards off of things and dying to fall damage that was literally my biggest problem because in Legends, you hit Alt to get to like mouse menu stuff. Alt in Exiles is backwards roll. 
in my base is a tree fort. And I would always be on the edge of the base and be like, oh, I need to click something in the menu and hit alt out of habit and just backwards roll off the top of the goddamn base and fall to my death. That's and why you remap all your keys. Inevitably have not clicked the bedroll and respawn like at the opposite side of the fucking place in the mountains and have to naked run all the way back to the base. Climb up, get all my stuff back, and then actually hit alt again. So that's my. I'll say I'm not gonna lie, but one of the things about Conan Exiles that you can do is you can edit the. You can basically say, "Oh, I'm of the." If you're playing on your own PC, you don't have to play yeah. on an official server, and so you can change around some of the settings. And one of the settings that I changed around was, if I die, just give me my stuff back. <laughs> There's a setting where you don't lose all your stuff on death. I was like, yeah, just let me just let me pick that. I'm just gonna play it that way. That's fine. That was one thing Stars was terrible with. You had, the corpse runs were legendary. Oh yeah, go get my, your stuff because you died. I think the most viewed video on my YouTube channel is my Conan Exiles bridge video because I think partially because it's not possible anymore. I built it during the early access when you could still build the old bridge structures which are basically indestructible. I think they stopped letting you build by them because people would build bases into the indestructible stuff. Well, again, like, but that's also a setting that you could change now too, where you could say yeah, yeah. to build no, anywhere. So, is now a so, setting, I, so in early access, I didn't mess with that but, stuff. I was playing with everything on vanilla and literally farming materials for days. And I rebuilt all those bridges and literally just <laughs> scaffolded up and built the floor and just uh, my it was the great bridge reconstruction project and i made a youtube video that shows me walking across like the huge reconstructed bridge like way across the thing and uh, i still get through it anymore you haven't been able to do it for a couple of years now you can build bridges of unlimited length again or i don't know if that's a glitch but so you could rebuild a, we had we were building out one time we were like 100 tiles up in the air before we cut it off <laughs> Straight. Oh, like you don't need supports? Nope. Yeah, I had to build supports for mine. Might be a mod I'm running. I don't know. I got a couple of mods running, but I don't need supports anymore. Okay, that's cool. Just like floating infinite. Like... Infinite forever. Ridiculously yeah. mm -hmm. long. And then, but you cut it off at the beginning, the whole thing disappears into puff, puff of smoke. Oh, it is one of the one of the fun things about Conan Exiles is you can play it seriously, or you could be like, I just want to, I just want to f around. Uh, also. That's fine. One of the best rock climbing simulators I've played is Conan Exiles. Yeah, so you're getting tired as you climb. You gotta pace it out and find you places. Really to gotta real. plan your moves to the next spot where you can recover stamina. As someone that used to rock climb, like I, I genuinely like, holy shit, this is a lot like when I would in real life look at a rock and try and figure out how am I gonna you know, do that? How to scale it? Yeah, it's it's eerily similar to the same mental process i was like this is actually really fun also it's incredibly relaxing to gather resources to build your castle or whatnot i built the castle in that game i don't know did you play in the isle of sipta expansion at all a little bit a little bit most of my time was before that but i but i did come back to it for isle of sipta for a little bit there's a little island called the violet isle and i built on it because it has water all around so it gave me like a moat I built a castle on that, and then I built like a walls and structure that was like try to give you scale of it. It was the entire island I built the castle onto, basically. Oh wow! So okay. I I would spend every night gathering like fifty to a hundred thousand rock and wood, put it in the kiln the next day, <laughs> yep. and do it 
for four months to build that thing. And that was times two oh resources. Oh, gosh. Okay. I had 400 hours to build that castle. And then the guy who was running the server decided he didn't want to run it anymore. And so I was like, well, I've... so the next server, I just turned on cheats and just build stuff in creative mode. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, nope. like, well... You're like, fine, I'll just, yeah. But taking it back to the secret world, I think I would love if they took everything they had video game wise and gave you that ability to maybe not build structures like that, but live in the world a little bit more and make it yeah. more your own. If they, they were to redo the game kind of thing, which I have zero knowledge of and everything I say is just something I would like fun. Comments, right. Absolutely nothing about that. And I am not suggesting that they're going to do that in any way, <laughs> just to be clear. I've so always... I don't get in trouble later. I have always thought that this Secret World Legends, as compared to the the original Secret World, is one that actually is still in active development, although relatively slower active development, but active development nonetheless. But I always thought that really the future of Secret World, as far as the where the story goes or where all that goes, is not necessarily going to be in in this game per se, but it's going to be in like, like they've released Moons of Madness, they released the park, they released other games, that it would be in other future games of just a perpetuation of the series. The IP as That's, a whole. Yeah, the I, continuation of the IP, just not necessarily in, in Secret World Legends or itself. But this is the whole point of a saying before, like how the ra a rising tide raises all boats in that you start getting more people into the tabletop. They bring people into the MO. The M more people in the MMO just encourages more people to be in the MO, which encourages more people to go to the tabletop. And it just it's a positive yeah. feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. The guy that I don't know personally <laughs> at all, but that runs a Savage Worlds, Shane Hensley, when you talk mm -hmm. to him about trying to do new ideas or I want to do this, am I allowed to do that? His attitude is exactly said. His I heard his statement is, a rising tide lifts all boats. He yeah. feels that more in the industry helps build it versus you're not really competing because if I do the secret world, say for Savage Worlds in the future, which we're definitely talking about doing here, it's only going to bring more people to play Savage Worlds who maybe didn't experience it before. It's And vice versa. Yeah. And right, so people would try out Secret World, so they might try out Saints and Sinners, so they might try out Knights Arcanum, they might try out, yes, your other products as well. It's that... Yeah. It's that it, you see it in, in, in real life. If you see it, like, you wonder why you go to a certain place, like you go to McDonald's or something like that, and then there's always either, like, a Burger King or a Taco Bell or something, like, some other fast food nearby, like, right next door. And you think, like, why is, why would they decide to build literally right next door to a competitor? And it's actually because having a competitor right next door to you raises your own they found that in places like that, that not only did it, not only were the competitors successful, but they were also like raising the, the profits of the original store itself. And just having them near each other was enough to actually draw in more customers overall. Yeah, you get, and so what it if, was a... What if your wife wants McDonald's fries and your kids want Burger King? Or you just, you can hit them all anyway. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, it is not uncommon for me on the weekend to go out to pick up dinner and be hitting three different fast food places in a row <laughs> and come that's back. Healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's healthy. Yeah, it's a healthy spread. It's a healthy. It's healthier, right? As well, a nurse, I'll tell you that's a lie. 
it's very diverse, <laughs> if nothing else. It's diverse. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it truly is. An ingredient salt. We call that a highway run. When you make a highway run, you ah, just okay. make a. You hit the multiple places on the highway. Yeah, my wife's not about that. She's if she was gonna do it, it'd be one place. Screw you, you're all getting this. I, I, it's never been a thing that bothered me. I'm like, yeah, I'll go like five different places. I don't care. Oh, like, I hate it. <laughs> I have four kids, and they're all like, they're all like, we they each want to go to a different restaurant, yeah. and every restaurant will have a 20 minute wait because it's the busiest time of night when we go. So instead of being fast food, it's an hour trip. I I only have two. I only have two kids, but specifically one of them always wants something from one place and the other place. It's In not Mary, even a place right. a kid. It's one place that kid wants two places. Because I want KFC, but I want the cheese sticks from Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fair. <laughs> and that's why he gets the cheese sticks tax. And I, tell I, you. I think our max is two. Two places. You can only go two places. I've tried. Anymore, that's it. I said three. Three is pretty, pretty common for me. Now wow. you talk about the cheese stick tax. When my kids get McDonald's, there's a fry tax. I said, I got to <laughs> cough up a fry, cough up some fries. Fry tax is universal. It's true. Yeah. yeah that's a fry yeah. tax. Always. Before they get cold. Once they're cold, they can keep them. I have found McDonald's fries are not only good, but because they're, I don't know, basically fake food, you can microwave them and they actually are about the same. No. Uh, if they, you have no, an air fryer, I'm, that's I'm, better. No, listen, most fries you microwave, they're shit. McDonald's fries are like plastic mm. or something. It doesn't it's matter. It's true, but most fries do not reheat fries unless reheat. you go McDonald's air fries fryer are not or real oven. fries. They're some sort of, I don't know, I saw a thing, I saw a, a documentary. They're, la- they're laser like, cut they potatoes. They don't mold. They don't mold. <laughs> they can stay like that for eight months or some something crazy they're they're probably it's because they're probably mostly filler they're probably mostly what is (laughs) microcrystalline cellulose which is yeah sawdust (laughs) i'm just but cellulose is a filler in a lot of stuff cellulose is a common filler in actually most drugs because our bodies don't interact with it like at all and that's why they use it as a primary filler like it's what yeah. what most placebos when when you're doing drug studies, what the placebos are actually filled with is actually just cellulose. Yeah, I'm just saying I've discovered it doesn't work for like anywhere else, but McDonald's, I'll pop them in the microwave for ten seconds, and then it's you're like just yeah, just the yeah, same as they just were. As good. I'm like all right, no. cool. No, they're not. They're terrible. <laughs> like rubber after that. I don't. I don't know what world. If you over microwave them, yes, that's why I said like ten seconds. You can't put them in there for too long they will like nuke yeah that, you that is only do it in an oven an oven is i the feel way like about chicken nuggets the chicken nuggets you can't microwave that's gross but the fries somehow keep their this uh, is where the yeah. this is where the air fryer comes in handy yeah yeah the or, air or fryer. you know what works like it's basically a, toast a oven. toaster oven yeah so especially for nuggets because they then they crisp back up well we solved that problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Everything we're talking right about in the, the world again. The, the important topics, which is how do you reheat that 3 a.m. food? I know. I, for one, am excited now. Solving, <laughs> solving the world's issues, one, one off the rails, cast at a time. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, fine. I, 
I did want to make the connection from from our prior conversation of Conan Exiles to Seeker World, which is that they stole the Locust model from Seeker World for Conan Exiles. In case anyone still wasn't aware of that, if you of go course, find the yeah. if you go find the Locusts in Conan Exiles, it's the same model as the giant ones in Egypt in Seeker World. Like well, exactly. I was, talking, I, I, I was talking to I think I might have been talking to Vomer about this. In that, but that could also be an original model from Age of Conan. From Age of Conan, yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> well, because so, there's a lot of stuff in Age of Conan that made its way into Secret World, and then also yep. made its way into Conan Exiles. And Exiles, I believe, didn't Exiles? I want to say they backported stuff from Exiles into Age of Conan as well, or something. So yeah. what you're saying is the third age of the Secret World was Conan. Yes, it's all tied together. Everything Which is, is what I believe is actually where Scriv started. Yeah, Scriv what Scriv wrote up for Age of Conan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scriv Scriv started in Age of Conan, and then they had while he was still on Age of Conan, he came on to do the buzzing. So not only did they backport models, they backported Scriv. That's they right. Backported Scriv. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then and over. then on Moons of Madness as well, so he got front ported. I don't know. <laughs> That's is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing we want to say? I don't know. Yeah. Um, breaking news: yes. are front ported. Front ported to Moons of Madness. You know, wake um, up to find us all today. <laughs> Conan Exiles also use hell as a basis for Duketto, and the bunnies and kitties are upscaled. Yep. Yeah. But the bat demons in Conan Exiles are the bat demons from Age of Conan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they. It's but it's smart. it's not a it's not a weird thing though. It's just no, basically like, they reuse assets, but they own all the games. It's fine. Yeah. Reusing assets is just oh, it's part of I don't reuse I don't reuse assets sense. like the ones I did on the cover. Never. No. They yeah, gave like, me a good chunk of art. We're gonna use what we can because art is probably one of the single most expensive things you can do for the game. Yeah. That and, is and, killer. Why would which, they reuse it? Which is a, yeah. Which unfortunately was a big problem with the Secret World's viability was they the cost to make the DLCs, they never got their return on the DLCs. Yeah, they never recouped them. The only thing that kept them in the from being in the red was the microtransactions in the original game. But the DLC sales itself never came close to paying for the development of the DLC, which is a problem. Yeah, no company, I don't care who you are. And this was the argument I had with people when we first started talking about doing this for the secret world was why are you picking 5e and why are you doing this? Because it's going to be expensive if we're going to do it right. I'm not going to, I could have, you want to see me do this in my garage in four years, you'll have it. Sure. My con, my contract will expire before it's done. There'll be no art and uh, no editing and mm-hmm. art and writing, layout, editing, having some Josh Scriv there to look at the lore as well. The advertising we did before we launched it, there's just all that stuff. And it just adds up to quite a bit more than people would suspect. And I'm not saying it's all people, but there are many people I think that want, they want a book for $30 that if you broke it down, cost like $60 a person to make. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I'm not giving you, I'm exaggerating to make a point. The cost is far more than people think it is. And then if we had sold 
20,000 copies. Then the cost per copy to the cost overall per unit would come down so much that we'd have that affordability to do more. And I'm not complaining. We did great. I'm super happy for our first Kickstarter to be so successful and be able to get this done. But you can do more if you have more people back it. You could do less if you don't. And sure, we're just lucky we did enough that not only we can make the game and make it well, but that I think we can keep doing this. But it's not, we had to pick something we knew would succeed. The OGL fiasco notwithstanding. Right. Yeah. 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 But the Kickstarter ended with 1,944 backers, totaling 154,633. That's 386% of the initial 40,000 goals. Yeah, just all around a success. People are, the thing about Secret World is that Secret World for Funcom is such, such a unique IP and such a, such a nice, like it's got nice deep lore. It's got tones of everything else. Like they use a real world, they use this, they use real legends and this and that. So it does have tones of other things, but it, it is packaged in such a way where it's actually just this totally unique thing and I always say it's one of it's one of Funcom's best IPs. And hold on a second. The writing is absolutely ruined other games for me, to be perfectly honest. I have a hard time playing other games that I used to I could play because I wouldn't expect the game to have super deep or well or be well written. And then Secret World happened, and I'm now I like I can't go back. I can't go back. Yeah, you're like, those games are just not as well written or yeah, not, not as like, deep and not as, yeah. I'm not, like, I, I read, I'll read like a mission thing and want to shove a pencil in my eye. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? I just can't do it. I'm like, no, my, my standard is higher now. <laughs> I think that's the one thing I'm super happy to be able to do the tabletop is while each book will, will contain a set amount, obviously, the fact that we can keep adding to that end the fact that we can cover things in some detail that the game as a whole, of course, has more lore than we're ever going to fit in one book. But as we do these books, we can really drill down and focus in areas that the game either hinted at or maybe the players hope they would go that way. But mm, that we can right. build up into this world so much. And then when the players play it, because they'll have that person running the game versus a computer literally your imagination will be the limit to how much more you can explore the secret world now. So that's going to be neat. And to see what people do with it once we put it out there and see how, what other people I'll read, I hope to read their adventures they're running and stories they are coming up with and just see what way they take it. I feel that for any game that I'm working on right now, but especially something like this, where there's such a strong fan base with strong opinions. And that's, and that's why, yeah, is because, once you start delving into this game, once you start delving into the secret world and the lore, like it gets addictive. Is uh, sort of one some sort of one way to put it for this game is that, and that's why it's oh we're gonna create a tabletop and people are clamoring for that. People are clamoring for any new stuff to come out of the secret world IP because it is it expands it and anything. It's like the concept of. Like Amazon created the Rings of Power show, or you keep seeing new Star Wars stuff or new whatever come out. And it's, oh, why why do they keep creating stuff to do that? It's because it just expands. It expands the universes. It expands the world. And any of any expansion, it can be argued that, yeah, the product itself, yeah, it may not be perfect. It's not going to be it's not going to be the best TV. It's not going to be the best show. It's not going to be the, the best movies or what have you. But it still expands the world and it expands the universe. And that alone is 
a good thing just to have more it's yeah it's not going to all be perfect as much as we would want it to be perfect but having that is still just the fact that it exists makes it better and enriches the entire experience and that's why people i think really clamor and that's why people are such still big fans of this game and why we still have such a dedicated and a big community as we do is because we just want to see it expanded we just want to see more we just want to see just more in secret more of it more of what you like is if you talk about sorry i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead please when you talk about the RPG or any other material expanding the universe, there was a period of time, I remember reading this in an article, so it's not my own brainchild, uh, and I don't remember the exact quotes, yeah. but there was a period of time when yeah. Star Wars, the movies were out, but they were done, and there wasn't new movies on the horizon for a while, and West End Games made the Star Wars role-playing game. There was a period of time where that was the only strong source of new material for Star Wars, and it kept in the public's conscience for a long time, and actually... One of the lead guys on that project was eventually hired by Lucasfilm to be the curator of their lore. And many of the things that you see in those books are used in the movies and TV shows now because they Mm -hmm. did such a good job of putting that together. And while I would hope that we could be that cool with the secret world with what we do, I won't say that it will be that amazing. But but maybe something like us doing this can be something that gets into enough people's, like we talked about, get more people to know about it that, Maybe it brings something else along the way that maybe not what we do is what's important, but someone else comes along and goes, I saw that was cool. And they do something that's even bigger that brings Secret World back in some way, shape, or form even bigger. And I don't know what that media might be. Maybe that comes back in another video game, a movie, a TV show, because they saw this and they wouldn't have known about it if not. In fact, there was even an idea for for a Secret World TV show that was... Johnny Depp was going to do it. Yeah, that was in uh, such a production company. was pre-production yeah but of course yeah we never really heard anything more of that so we figure that's that that fell yeah, through kind of like that, yeah but well, they still like, have rights though, to do shit. the tv show though what was that like, you just can't tell with that stuff though because some of that shit sits forever and you think it's dead and it's just and it may well be but some stuff like that just is in we're just waiting for, for the right time yeah, for the you right mean, time or the right changing of like producers or something, and then mm. someone goes, "Yeah, okay," and greenlights it, and then there you go. The, the like maybe they were waiting this. for the show Supernatural to actually end because basically a lot the elevator pitch for Secret World is like it's very supernatural. Could you imagine a that. show that's about conspiracy theories today? I can't imagine that show <laughs> having any traction in today's environment. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's. It would be ideal to have that show out now. People would be watching. Go, is this like a documentary? Yeah, it'd be a little too, yeah, a little too on the nose. No, you could totally see Secret World as like like a Netflix or what HBO Max, or HBO something. Max or something. Yeah, series. You'd have to have some HBO Max who's who can go the same depths of depravity that they did with uh, Game of Thrones before you could really make the Secret World. I was I was gonna say more like Doom Patrol, but yeah, like they got to get weird with it. all of them are sort of weird at this point if you look at amazon's like the boys or something and netflix had like and netflix like daredevil or something like that like they they came out and it was whoa like whoa these are yeah they did Uh, you just compare daredevil to the boys and that's 
Wait a minute. Dark. But wait, but Daredevil is one of Netflix's first like real forays it, it into dark for Marvel on Netflix. But it's that's not what it dark. was. Yeah, it's dark like the boys. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Netflix Daredevil when Fisk is slamming a guy's head in the door until it turns to mush. That's pretty dark. It may not have been it's, every episode, but that was pretty intense. I'm saying that, yeah, it, it was really good and it had in, intense scenes. But it's just not the same level as The Boys is all thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the boys are the, like the boys, that's level. every episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the boys, boys. That's, where it, that's where it starts. Like, that, you don't normally see, like, a guy shrink down into a, someone else's urethra <laughs> and then sneeze and explode and shower them everywhere. Like, like there's just things that you don't, you wouldn't see on Daredevil, okay? That's true. <laughs> okay, yeah. a hell Thank of a drug. goodness. <laughs> well, my point was that basically that they're they're all sort. Every streaming service can get a little like that now. Uh, yeah, they don't have they, ratings. They, they, they can, they can explore they the whole darkness now and create darker stuff. I've actually, because... genuinely, I don't know if you guys have seen Doom Patrol on HBO Max, but it's real. It's not only was it what like a favorite comic of mine, but it's really good and it's also really off the wall and bizarre i've watched it and i have to do say for a comic book series based off a comic book it actually is not as far as you think like the boys it very it's just it's, weird. it's like pg-13 maybe it are most of it's just language some kind yeah. sometimes with violence but it's in a rare occasion but it delves into like deeper like, like plot personal, lines uh, personal yeah. type of storylines that are, is actually very interesting when you yeah, you get past the farting goat and the alternate alternate dimension and stuff like that. But. And the butts. Yeah, and butts. <laughs> <laughs> the roving, the walking butts. <laughs> you keep saying Doom Patrol, but yet in my head I keep thinking Paw Patrol. No, and it's yeah, it's <laughs> Doom. Same Doom thing. Patrol. It's the same thing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, it's oh yeah. But genuinely, like what? And honestly, that's one of the reasons or the reason i picked up secret world as a game back when i saw it on steam was because of the comic book covers they had for the dlcs and they yeah. also used to have little mini comics the uh, issues yeah with them yeah the it's not really for... an issue but like maybe three pages or something but that's what attracted me because i'm a big comic book fan and it was also sort of pushing the concept that we are, in a sense, the game is, oh, it's horror, it's this, it's that. But we but we play superheroes, essentially. We play, yeah. yeah we, we play essentially superheroes I mean, in, like in a horror slash, world. They tease that slash mock it like a bunch in the different mission cinematics, right? Where they talk about the superheroes showing up. Mm -hmm. the, you know, flying uh, cavalry's arrived, yeah. I think Danny Dufresne asked like, if you have a cape or something like that. Like, There's lots of tongue-in-cheek references like intentionally to whether it's you know the idea that you're superhero-ish but by the, the same time like knocking it down is like foolish because obviously you're not a superhero yeah katana cool. boy and headphones girl that's where i really oh, like the idea of that superhero but also when i see it i also think like when i talked about wanting to do the third age these characters in the third age would be very much the epic fantasy heroes that we play in Dungeons and Dragons or any other fantasy based game. They got powers. Melee weapons are a primary focus for many of them and the way the way things work, you would just imagine it would translate really well into a past setting. In some ways, it would seem more natural because we are so trained by fantasy tropes to expect that. 
I will say that is one of the one of the other like attractive things about Secret World is MMO is that there's really not anything in the same setting. Like almost most stuff is either like fantasy, like straight up mm-hmm. more like medieval fantasy, or high fantasy like, elves, high dwarves, fantasy, yeah, or it's like Mass Effect style or something, or it's super future. You don't really have this sort of, yeah, like supernatural sort of set in modern times, like the food shit, yeah. isn't with like other myths and legends, like isn't a thing that's really explored. Which yeah, is that's why I say it, it's so unique in that sense. It's so unique. It's but it's why I mentioned the supernatural TV show because it is the other thing that's in that same space. It's not in the game space, but it, it's the only other thing I can really think of in that same genre if you will of like current time but myths and legends with myths and legends yeah the vampire slayer <laughs> yeah to an extent i not the same extent but, I, I but it's, in the, it's around the same it's, ideas it's, yeah and i think it's just more focused right it's very, they didn't have anything else like they have what you have a werewolf or something or vampires maybe like a, werewolves, a witch yeah. or something yeah. but vampires the, werewolves demons wolves it was more the it was super core focused. Creatures and hell was trying to take over, but it was a core, yeah. basic yeah. group of supernatural. It creatures. wasn't more, more whereas like supernatural is everything, especially and like the first season. It was like let's road trip and visit every single myth in the country, like at one episode at a time. And then Secret World takes that and goes to other countries and says, "Here's the myth in this country." Yeah, here or are the myths in South Africa. Myth. Here are the myths in yeah. Egypt. Here are some of the myths in Tokyo. In Tokyo, right? Yeah. And yeah. So I really need to set a section of. I really think the next expansion for the Secret World RPG should be in Iceland. Uh, yeah, Iceland's got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, though, we will. We want to do exactly that: is explore those different areas like that and really focus. Like, I really want to do North America slash the Illuminati. It's like my next. Oh, goal. you know what? Do like that kind of method as I go through it. I have a and of course you're gonna add Tampa to it. <laughs> Tampa's gonna be sunk. It's fine. So there no was, great yeah. loss there. We're, I don't know. I don't know if you're you're aware of when Legends was gonna launch, and they weren't. They weren't, or when the new content in Legends was gonna launch, and they weren't saying where it was gonna be. And Tron was working there, and he had this thing where he was eliminating one, one place on the globe like i think every day up until launch or something Mm -hmm. like nope it's not going to be here it's not going to be here and for the longest time there people would say tampa and i started saying at matt and i and he didn't get it for a while and then eventually explained that it's the upside down of tampa it's at matt just tampa backwards and he facepalmed really hard but it it was such a meme in the community tampa was such a meme yeah he got one of the artists to when your character goes to South Africa with the new content in Legends, the loading screen that comes up shows your plane flight, a little red line, and it stops in Tampa. Like he literally had them redraw the line so that your flight in the loading screen goes there and then on to South Africa. Yeah, Indiana Jones style. Yeah, red line. Yeah, red line, red line airplane. Yeah. 
That was pretty good. So yeah, such, such a meme in the community that they're like, nope, you're making a stopover in Tampa. That's what you're doing. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. But, oh, what I was going to say is I, another like location that I think of interesting would be Australia. It, not only because it has its own legends, but you have like that idea where people like flat earthers are like Australia doesn't exist. It's a myth, right? Because <laughs> obviously it can't be there. The Earth's flat. Actually, New Zealand, because a lot of people leave it off the map. <laughs> yeah, that one too. <laughs> right, New Zealand, yeah. Well, legitimately, the, it's a flat earther conspiracy that Australia just doesn't exist. It's just a lie, people say. Uh, and so I find that, A, funny, because I know people in Australia, and B, is like good fodder for something like a Secret World style. What are we going to do with, what? how are we going to twist that into how Secret World makes sense of that ridiculous shit? Some stuff is just ridiculous, though, so. That's fair. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite points the hollow of... Earth. The Hollow Earth is pretty ridiculous. It's like one of my favorite parts of Moons of Madness is in Moons of Madness when you discover that they're on Mars, but they are acting like they're not on Mars. They're acting <laughs> like they're in um, Antarctica. And so they you find like a script that they're reading and like green screen background and it's take a look at this penguin over here. Oh my my furry friend penguin over here is blah 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 blah. And they're because they don't want to like the Orochi is no, you're not on Mars. You're in Antarctica. That's where you tell people that you're supposed to be. You're not telling them that you're actually on Mars on a whole other planet. You are in you are still on Earth. And we're going to make it out like you guys are all still on Earth. And it's, I find that part hysterical. That it's, that's the... And people are like, oh, we, like, we didn't go to the moon. It was done in like a studio. And instead they're like on the Mars. <laughs> yeah, on Mars doing on the studio planet, from on the Earth. Pretending oh, gosh, to be on, on Earth. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the conspiracy is actually what you thought was the lie is the truth. The lie is... The, the, Wait. the lie is that you think you're on earth now right yeah. you go outside and the, sc- the sky turns from blue to like purple or some shit god damn it Dang, i was fooled it. the whole time <laughs> you are in a simulation exactly uh, yeah, yeah that's the part that i love of moons of madness almost the most is just that because that is that to me is like the whole silliness behind it or the whole every everything's a everything is true it's they're not on they're not in antarctica they're on mars people be like they're just really dreaming. yeah they're not in antarctica they're on mars and it's they are on mars that's that is true <laughs> so, i genuinely decided that i want to role play like a crazy person that just keeps trying to eat bees to become they heard yeah they heard somewhere that that uh, yeah the, how you got except powers was through bees except for you're allergic to them so anaphylactic <laughs> shock we've got solve that problem that's okay though because i have a bandolier of epipens it's fine there you go <laughs> and that's just having to balance out because the power is too great for you so yeah. <laughs> and they and they feel the allergic reaction and they think that's, that's how the it surge of what power. it's like that's the surge right of power. yeah the yeah. strangulation you feel as your throat constricts is just yeah. that's part of the process you get that pounding yeah. in your head and then you hallucinate and yeah and when you can't breathe anymore and you start to hallucinate, yeah, it's normal. Yeah, see? Told it. I think it'd be a hilarious character to play. <laughs> I think that playing regular people in the secret world is an option people have asked for. And I think we can explore that later. But I felt it was important to start off with the core basic, like you said. Sure. We, yeah, we wanted to yeah. be a, we, we advanced the timeline. 
but we kept familiar creatures. We advanced the timeline, but we kept familiar oh. abilities. So That's... that was the thing. Okay, so speaking of that, there. So in the game canon, you can you're a bee, but you can have your powers robbed. It happens to us twice in the game, where we get our powers taken away temporarily. Is that something? that you have considered or have a mechanic for in the tabletop not in the core book i don't believe we're dealing with that right now i think okay we wanted to keep the scope we're advancing history we're we added a few creatures there's a, there's about five new ones in there that aren't part of the secret world as it is okay. uh, and we wanted to keep it just different enough to move the timeline forward and add new stuff to it but not try to cover every concept because there's just no way we would encapsulate a lot of different ideas there. So we had to keep the very core ideas and each book as it goes forward is going to advance story, creatures, things that can happen, options to play. I think we should try to advance at least one thing. Maybe you know, I'm not making promises here, but like in a category, like say, hey, what did we do in the last book that we could do in this book to give the fans something more that still fits with the lore. If mm -hmm. that's playing some kind of alternate set of abilities exploring the world, if that's playing the Orochi, if that's some weird way things like if robbing powers, if that's an option we want to go with. I mean, there's yeah, things like that we will want to add as we go. It, uh, it makes me think it, of... It happens in Egypt that you get smoked. And it's funny as they use it, the... It's always smoke. It's that's what you do with actual bees, right? You yeah, pacify calm them. them. Down. Yeah. So I don't. They haven't said what the special smoke is. Obviously, it's not like normal smoke or whatever. But like, it's special they, smoke. But I liked the idea that Funcom went with, where like they use the bee theme to be like you get depowered in the much the same way a, a bee gets depowered. An actual yeah. bee does. Yeah. Yeah. So it happens to you in Egypt the very first time. And then the most recent content, it happens to you again in, in South Africa. So it's, it is a repeatable thing that has happened. And for whatever reason, the bad, the main bad guys, multiple of them have access to that shit for some stupid reason. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it turns into a Superman and Kryptonite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who has access bit. to Kryptonite? I was thinking know. of it actually in, in, in role-playing, it reminds me. Like, let's say you did account for it in the tabletop at some point. It makes me think of, like, how you have to deal with werewolves and silver in, like, Werewolf the Apocalypse or something. Where, like, silver is just a thing you have to be aware of. Like, but, making, well, just making, like, a weapon that is just more effective against bees themselves. And I think that's, <laughs> can you introduce something like that? It's, like, part of the reason that the players, their characters would want to not be so obvious in what they do as if, you know, why don't they just go out and take over the world? If you become a threat to everyone, everyone will look for ways to eliminate you, and then everyone will find out your weakness, and everybody yeah, will right. be prepared. Yeah, exactly. They're going to come smoke you. <laughs> so, yeah, literally. Yeah. If that's what works, everybody's going to be doing it. It's They're just, like, we, everybody... we, can't, uh, we can't kill you, but boy, can we make your living a hard <laughs> time. Yeah. I, an interesting note, in the game at least, they don't really explain how you get your stuff back in the first interaction, which is obviously like original TSW, like much, much older. They don't really explain. You're just, it's just, I guess it's just considered temporary. But in the most recent iteration where you get smoked and they, you get like jailed, the guy comes along and blows like a magic powder in your face. It's like an antidote. So 
canonly, there is both a smoke that depowers you and it, something that immediately will, I guess, work against that will counter it. Yeah. yeah. It must be sugar so you can start making honey. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Just blow sugar in your face. <laughs> Here's a powder donut. Reference say, it's a sprinkler slash rain. It just makes us want to go home. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's pollen. Like, there what, you go. It's pollen. Yeah, what, what you do to bees, yeah. <laughs> I do remember, because I just did it when I finished the other run, like, what, like, last week or something, that it was, like, a... It was sparkly. It was sparkly. It wasn't just, like, a sand. It was... They added, it was, like, a sparkle to it. It was actually glitter. It was just glitter, yeah. They were like, now you're fabulous. Now you're a glam... Now you're a glam secret worlder. Yeah, you're That's fabulous right. again. It is your powers that make you fabulous, so it only makes wow. sense. Reference um, says cocaine. Like cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. That would also make you feel very powerful. I don't True. know if it actually works. It's all you, a hallucination. We're you all feel like it works, and that might be all that matters. Guys, I was thanks for letting me come back in and talk to you, but of course, work will call tomorrow, so I guess I should probably take care of that. Yeah, it is good. I give worse. drugs to patients, and if I give them the wrong drugs, it's bad for them. It's bad for me. Oopsies. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on. Oh nice. yeah, Insane. thanks, thanks for coming Insane. on the show originally and now and coming back again. Brandon Verhalen, Star Anvil Studios founder and CEO, Secret World RPG art director. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on the show. And yeah, if ever you have anything more you want to say to an audience to let us know we're more than happy to do like i said uh, i said a couple times but yeah rising tide raises all boats and we want all of this to be successful and because we just love it we just love it that's really our our whole impetus behind it so thank you for coming on the show much appreciated and we'll hope to see you again man thanks thank and you we'll talk about that demo play at some point oh nice. yeah oh, i didn't forget <laughs> have a good night have a good night have a good night it will happen. Yes. It will happen. I was, yeah, I was just kept throwing that at him. I was like, because just how cool would it be? But not only just how cool would it be, but we're in an age now of lots of people are doing their like tabletop Twitch, games. Twitch streaming tabletop games is really. It's a, a big thing. thing. It's a real yeah. big thing. And, and it um, makes you able to do it with people that you're not physically next, able to be next to, which right. is kind of huge. And also, people want to see it. There's an audience for it. There's a big audience sure. for it. So my thought was always like, just if you want to, if you want to showcase the tabletop RPG, you got to showcase it in a way that people want to see it. And that is basically right. Showing a have watch people play it for an hour or go through an adventure, and they do plan on doing that sort of stuff. But even just a wet people's Appetites. ideas. Just to wipe people's appetites for it. Yeah, have a show us going up against the lurker or something like that. Yeah, and playing some of the pre-gen characters that they already or, have made, or like just a regular dog. Because in my experience, from <laughs> yeah. 5e, a regular dog is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly lost my first character to a regular dog. <laughs> At first level, anything can get you. <laughs> Not it's worse if you're a first level sorcerer. Oh gosh, yeah, you have no hit points. Because because it's even worse than being a wizard. Wizards at least have like a book and can like do shit. Sorcerers are because you're innate are actively screwed. I don't know if it's changed at all, but when I rem I remember doing that in D&D &D and it was like, wow. I guess later on it's cool, 
or but I think if you were trying to min max, you would never go sorcerer. Wizard's just better. You get to have books that hold the shit for you. You could just grab a book and cast some shit. Sorcerers have to like internalize that crap and they make it such a pain in the ass to do. And you can't hold that many. Like a book can have a bunch of spells. You're a sorcerer. You could have, I don't know, three in your head at once or something. It's very restrictive. So not only are you magic class that's physically weak, but also like your base level spell is worse than the wizard level one's base level spell. Yeah. Like you're just uh, shit. I want to say, I don't know much about, basically, I never played one, I never, you know, so I don't know much about it. But I think, like, as far as, like, wizards go, is, or as at least wizards or sorcerers or that sort of style of player, it's that their power curve is a lot more parabolic than, I don't know if I said that correctly, it's a lot, it's a lot more of a exponential rise than say your warriors or whatnot which is more of a direct line rise which is more of a whatnot that there's like that yeah they start off like very easy to kill and then by the end they're just absolute powerhouses and they can just rule the cosmos basically but they start off really weak and really compared even to many of like sorcerers like worse than that the only benefit is you don't need books that technically is like the Achilles heel of a wizard is if you just burn his book, he's screwed. So it's like you, you have some benefits, but or even man, he stealing his books or something like that. Like the sorcerer has more self-sufficiency, I guess, but they really made you, I, don't, I think over aggressively made you pay for it. They were like, don't be a sorcerer. We don't want you to. Oh yes. Yeah, sort of the whole thing was that I don't think they were necessarily at, relative <laughs> balance. I want to say <laughs> level one spell, blow out a candle, level three spell, blow a person through a wall. Yeah, yeah. It's no, uh, that's, that's still not accurate. It's like level thirty would be blow a person through a wall. It's like rel- relative. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, actually, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, yeah. So yeah, like all your warrior guys start out with a bunch because they're just big dudes and they yeah. hit things, so they're and they're strong. So and they, they got, got swords out. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I to be fair, I think we had some big guys, and we still basically our whole party almost got slaughtered by three <laughs> dogs. Yeah, three base level dogs just about obliterated us. We have three people on the ground, zero hit points. Like you're just a normal dude. You're just a normal. You're just a normal dude. You get attacked by a dog. Guess what? If it's a big dog, you're gonna you're gonna end up hurting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but you hopefully you shouldn't be dead. Like Jesus Christ. It depends on the dogs and how aggressive they are, man. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think, and this is just a personal opinion, I think people freak out when they get attacked. Yeah, yeah. Not that animals aren't, like, crazy, viciously strong, because you don't expect them to be for their size. But also, most people aren't, like, most people aren't prepared to, like, do something about it. Yeah, they're not totally prepared to be attacked by a. Yeah, yeah. Bomber, have a good night, Bomber. Have a good night, Bomber. Actually, yeah, it's starting to get a little late. Normal NPC Uh, groundhog slaughtered entire party. (laughs) That's because it it saw its shadow. TPK, man. It said winter is coming and then decided to kill everybody. What was it this past Groundhog's Day? Was it Canada? This past Groundhog's Day, there was they went to go check on the like Canadian groundhog to see if they it saw its shadow and it was just dead. Some something weird happened with that. Oh my god! (laughs) Like the official end times. Yeah, the official groundhog that they use to like do the Groundhog's Day stuff, and they looked at it, and they're like, "It died overnight." That's 
<laughs> what does that mean? What Game does over, that man. mean? Yeah. Anyway, agents, this has been the Zero Point Report Strain 77-SAS. You can catch us recording live. I'm going to say it even though who knows if it's actually going to happen. You can catch us recording live <laughs> every first and third Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time here in the Zero Point Report Twitch channel. Where you can also join us and chat with us while we do the show live or download our show wherever podcasts are found so you can listen to us on the go. Jimmy, where can we find you online? Linktree slash Jimmy the Rabbit. You can find oh. all my like billion places I'm at. There you go. A link tree. Two-ton waffle. Where can we find you online? You can find me at twotonewaffle.com. I have my links to all the places I go to. My Mastodon. Y'all are getting uh, fancy now. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting but fancy. Me, you, got, you got to up your game there. So. I really do. But me, I'm Ocho. And you can find me both on Twitter and here on Twitch at Big Mikey Ocho. And again, we want to thank Brandon and Ross and Riv for coming on the show tonight. They're awesome. Go support their stuff. Support any Secret World stuff that you see. Is anyone streaming Secret World? Go check them out. Go give them some support. Go give them some love. We have one of the best communities out there, and we know it, and we should show it more. So anyway, you can get in touch with us by engaging with the show on Twitter at Zero Point Report, checking out previous shows on our YouTube channel, and joining us on our Discord server, both named The Zero Point Report. So from all of us here at The Zero Point Report, we want to thank you for tuning in and wish you all the best from the secret world. Have a great night, everybody, and see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.